Well, just hold on just a second, Steve. What do you call a, a well, what do you call a Christmas wreath made out of hundred dollar bills? What do you call it, Brian? <laughs> well, wow, well, just hold well, just hold on a second, Steven. You call it a wreath of Franklin's. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like that one. It was good, right? I like Welcome, that boys and ghouls, yeah. to a very, well, very Christmassy episode of Halloween's Forever. My name is Brian. I'm Steve. Steve, I'm kind of proud of myself. I pulled off the Jimmy Stewart impression mm-hmm, for a mm-hmm. solid mm, 10 seconds, mm-hmm, and it didn't go completely fucking sideways. <laughs> I'm actually pretty pretty proud of myself on that one. It's kind of... It's kind of hard to go super sideways. I think the worst you could just wind up is doing uh, F- uh, Fred Gwynn from Pet Cemetery. Well, so two things I noticed because before we jumped on, I was like, well, can I? Well, that's how I do. You just you act befuddled, right? You're yeah. like, well, wait, wait, hold on. Wow. Hold on a second. <laughs> but one thing I noticed that I do is I go, oh, yeah, you go, oh, oh don't go down that road. You, yeah. know, you go to you go go down that road. on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't go down that road. Or what I learned that I start to do doing a Jimmy Stewart is I start to go Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah, that'll happen to you, too. And then it's, uh, you know, is he smart? You know, (laughs) is he got a reef like me? (laughs) That's like then now it's sad. But I'm actually pretty proud of myself, actually, especially after, you know, four or five beers that I really I stuck with the Jimmy Stewart there. I'm pretty happy with my anyway, guys. We're in it. We're in for all of you out there, for you goddamn curmudgeons, the folks who are like, I don't celebrate Christmas until Thanksgiving comes. Guys, Thanksgiving's pre-Christmas. Don't fucking kid yourself. Or even worse, the people who are like, I don't start celebrating. I'm going to say that I don't start celebrating Christmas. They're Jimmy Stewart, too, because now it's stuck (laughs) in my head. I don't start celebrating Christmas until December 1st. First of all, what are you, a fucking fascist? First of all, enjoy your life, you (laughs) rat fucks. Um, We're in it. We're in December. So we are delving hardcore, deep, deep, so deep into that Christmas spirit this, this week. You'll notice, though, some of you out there might be saying, well, hold on a dang on second here, guys. Where's our showdown episode? They're saying, well, ho- hold, on, hold on now. Now, <laughs> well, now. Say, well, uh, hold on. Now, just a second now. We were promised the secret what? showdown. <laughs> Here's what happened, guys. Life. All right. Life happens. Our uh, our our uh, guest, our super secret guest, which for the for the secret Satan showdown for December had life things. Right. So. We had to, unfortunately, we don't have a guest for this week. Shit happens. Life happens. Turns out podcasts aren't number one priority in everybody's life. So, unfortunately, uh, our guest was not able to join us. Hopefully, they'll be able to join us in the future. For the time being, we don't have a guest, so we got to delay 
our showdown episode, our Secret Satan showdown for December. We're going to figure it out, guys. But what this means is you're going to get just an extra mini-sode. And for all the, you know, those who have been around the old podcast here for a second, you know mini-sodes ain't mini. They're full damn length episodes here, guys. So we're going to talk about, I mean, this just gives us an opportunity to be a little bit more on topic for this given week. We're going to talk about a movie that just dropped as a uh, as a Shutter exclusive. But I think, did it have a limited theatrical run it may or, have or was it streaming somewhere else because it was available well i assume because like a lot of these like you can buy them on streaming platforms but this one came out yes. on shutter for free i do think it might have had a one or two night theater release maybe mm. it may okay. have but yeah, something happened with it you could find it people were talking about for about a week in mm -hmm. very small doses now it's shutter exclusive it's streaming for all you shutter uh subscribers out there we're going to be talking about 20 and 23s it's a wonderful knife guys if you're thinking about it's kind of like it's a wonderful life but it's a knife because it's a slasher film guys it's mid at best um we're going to talk about that here in a hot damn second um, i before disagree we, you think it's above mid not so much that it's above mid, but you I goddamn. Here's the thing: in the parlance of the children, mid mm -hmm. is a real insult anymore. Yes, because because agreed because the younger generation can't have anything that's average. Now, right. to us, I think yes, to us, this film is pretty average. But I think there's a lot of good things about it that does set it apart. A lot is a strong word. I think it's mid in the parlance of the times. <laughs> uh, well, then I well, guess we'll get into. All I guess we disagree. Well, then. We might disagree. We might disagree. <laughs> we might disagree. That's okay. That's going to make it a fun old podcast here for a goddamn second. Um, and in any case, uh, before we do that, a couple of things we got to do at the top of the show. As always, I will mention because I oftentimes forget we. Uh, are available. I, I, have you guys heard about these here social medias? There's a whole shitload of them. You got your Facebook, you got your Twitter, you got your dang old Instagrams, you got uh, all those nonsense. We're on all of them. You go out there, you search Halloween's Forever, you'll find us on there. We're a little pixelated pumpkin guy. You'll find us on there. We do spooky, spooky shit on the internet all the dang time. Also, we do a episode. We do sweet, spicy content every fucking Monday. Um, so if you want a podcast to listen to on your Monday commute or whenever the hell you're, you know, going to work or whatever, subscribe, com you know, like, follow, whatever the fuck that, you know, the, the podcaster of choice that you use does so you can get them dang old episodes every fucking Monday. But before we get into some other orders of business, we got to talk about at, at the top of the show. Uh, we got beers. We were talking about them off uh, off off recording here. Uh, Steve went on a little beer shopping spree today. I did a little bit, not quite as extensive probably as you did. But what do you what'd you grab? I had a beer adventure today, just a little bit. And it started yeah. with I wanted to go up to well, Creekside, which is a local place for us. And great spot. Yeah. Uh, the brewery epic for the holiday season. They released a mm -hmm. six stout mix mix a pack. So it's, oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, and I thought, you know, I'm going to treat myself for the holidays and I'm going to get six big old stouts and that'll keep me you know, the, like if I drink one a week, that's, you know, I'll, that'll keep me, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, sure. I get up there 
And I don't know why, but my brain was thinking, oh, it's going to be like a $44 six pack and I'll spend a little bit of money on myself. Mm-hmm. It is an $80 six pack. <laughs> Whoa, Jesus. $80 for fo- now. These are what bomber size beers. What, what size are these? beers? Yeah, they're they're bomber size. So like they're yeah. not I mean, they're not stovepipes, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, it's it's six bomber size, you know, stouts. That's but a I, lot of money, though. Yeah. So I balked at that and I said, no, I pass. Yeah. I, I because, think I would have been along with you there. Yeah. Because for the price point I originally had in my mind of $44, I got eight beers yeah. and one of those uh, like little tubs of uh, hers chocolate covered pretzels. Mm, yeah, that'll do you right. Yeah. So I'm way ahead of the game. But mm-hmm. I saw two beers at JR's. I, I bought some beers at Creekside and then I went to JR's mm-hmm. and then I saw two beers that I want to tell you about because I don't know how long they're going to last. They didn't have that much left there. So I'll tell you about them for you to go get them because I think they might okay. interest you. I'm all ears from Fatheads. They have released a barrel aged Doppelbach series. Yeah. See, listen, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I know you're intrigued. So I figured it would intrigue you. Maybe it'll, you know get you to go get some i don't know but i just want to let you know mm-hmm. don't tell don't let me you know ever feel like i never told you about something <laughs> <laughs> don't tell don't tell me i didn't keep you abreast yeah. of developments doppelbach related developments yeah but they're they're barrel aged doppelvelements doppelvelements doppelnews i'm the yeah, doppler radar news, fine i'm the doppler radar <laughs> there you are there you go there you go um there was a joke in there i missed it you got it all right <laughs> but they're aged in bullet uh cask barrels okay mm-hmm. and one of, they have two of them one is meant to mimic an old-fashioned and one is meant to mimic like cinnamon toast but it's also aged in the rye barrel so okay yeah things to look out for but that's not what that I'm, sounds fun that's not what i'm drinking tonight all right what i'm drinking right. is something to get you mad you're going to be get your anger up the blood. Yeah, you're going to stay mad, sweaty. So this is <laughs> if you're listening to this on Monday, it's my birthday. Oh, yeah, I knew it was coming. I knew it's before, you know, it's between the Thanksgiving Christmas season here. I couldn't yeah. remember. I'm terrible with birthdays. I know like my kids, me, my wife and barely my parents. So I'm bad with birthdays, but I knew it's coming up. Yeah. See, I know mine, my dad's. And Megs, because they're all in the same month. <laughs> oh, that's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so because it's my birth birthday, I found it from Creekside Abjuration. They released mm-hmm. a birthday cake ice cream sour. Ooh, wow, they really did you dirty on your birthday, didn't they? <laughs> didn't do me dirty. You like this type of garbage, but sure. Yeah. It just looks birthday like a really cake sour sounds. It is the exact opposite of a beer that I would like to put in my face. Oh, yeah. That's why I knew it would make you mad. But it yeah. looks I mean, it looks just like a cloudy fucking like gold nail. It doesn't look, you know, Well, if you if you held that up and said, hey, this is a, you know, slightly hazy IPA, I would have been like, OK, yeah, but no, it is. A, it is an ice cream sour, meaning it is made with birthday cake, icing Vanilla soft serve yeah. and milk sugar. That's honestly disgusting, Stephen. You should be ashamed of yourself. I am not. What is it? So, so is it just like sour vanilla? Like, yeah. I imagine it's much more sweet than sour. 
yeah, it's more sweet than sour, but it has it's like tangy. Have you ever just eaten icing out of the Duncan Hines tub? Kate, er, listen, what, Kate and I will oftentimes just dip things in icing. Yes. So, Steve, we've known each other long enough. Do you think I'm the type of guy who hasn't just dipped things in icing? Yeah, I'm just I'm checking. Obviously, I'm just done checking. That before. Yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't want to make assumptions about people's lives, <laughs> even though I did assume that you have done this. But, <laughs> well, I had an. I actually had. This is a slight side story. I had a a very good friend of mine in college who used to get a jar of icing, you know, Duncan Hines fucking chocolate icing, mm-hmm. and a box of um, graham uh, crackers, uh, uh, Teddy Animal? Grams, yeah, Teddy Grams, Te- Teddy Grams, and mm-hmm. just whoo, just kill the whole thing. And I was like, dude, we're gonna have to cut your feet off. <laughs> <laughs> I won't kill the whole thing, but I will just. I'll just throw some, you know, uh, graham crackers in there and just do. Yeah, some I mean, t- it's delicious. Don't I'm not fucking around. It's delicious. Yeah. It's just like you. Yeah, it's just it's just trying to kill yourself with sugar eventually. Yeah, all. exactly. But that's what yeah. that's what this beer tastes like. Minus the graham yeah. crackers. It just tastes like eating vanilla frosting out of the Duncan Hines. Ah. tub. I'm here for it. I'm not here for two of them, but I'm here for one of them. <laughs> It's my birthday. I'm, I'm here for I'm here for three ounces of it, uh, and 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 sixteen is too much. But you mm-hmm. know what? I also am just I'm not quite I I you know I I don't have quite as much. I love candy and all that stuff, but I'm not quite as much of a sweet tooth as, as you are. But uh, boy, that sounds absolutely disgusting. But you know what? You do you. It's your birthday. <laughs> Do it up, Steve. I am going in a little different direction. I have a couple of beers before me. My here's my beer adventure today. This morning, uh, we're recording this, a uh, little peek behind the curtain here. We're recording this on December the 2nd. So this is Saturday. First Saturday in December, it'll release on Monday. Um, we had breakfast with Santa this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do a little thing every year. Uh, me, my, you know, Kate, the girls, and then our, f- our close friends of ours who have three kids themselves and then there's like grandparents. It's a whole thing. We do a whole big extended thing where we go to uh, this this place that's, you know, relatively near us. And they do a whole breakfast with Santa thing and the kids get to go and talk to Santa. And then we get to drink Bloody Marys and eat brunch. Right. So it's it's a it's a nice way to knock the old visit to Santa thing, you know, out early mm-hmm. in the season and also Bloody Marys. Right. right. That's pretty yeah. much what it comes down to. And <laughs> you get some bacon and some scrambled eggs and some freaking French toast and all that on top of it. So you go, you get, uh, you know, uh, you, you fill yourself up on all that type of stuff. You have a couple Bloody Marys. The kids get to see Santa do a craft and then you come home and take a nap in the afternoon. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we had a nice little festive morning. Um, then uh, this evening, the whole rest of the family, both my children and uh, Kate all had plans various degrees of plans this evening so i had kind of the evening to myself which is quite a rare thing so i thought we're gonna record a podcast gonna watch some hockey gonna drink some beers i went down to this place i don't know if you've heard about it uh it's called burgers brewing i fucking go there all the time (laughs) in zelianople went down there had a couple two tree beers um neil good good mutual friend of both of ours part owner and brewer um he just put on a spruce beer on tap i fucking love a spruce beer. You remember that hot sack in like the mid 2000s with the hop shortage because there was that big fire mm-hmm. and everybody was making spruce beers? Yeah. I was the only person who liked him. I fucking love I a like spruce em. beer. Do you? Good. I, 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 I love- just, just real quick, I almost bought some earlier at JR's because 
Logyard put out a fucking spruce beer. Oh, what a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I feel like they're they're getting a little bit of a moment back. It's been like 10 years since anybody gave a shit about them. Mm-hmm. But for a second there, everybody was trying, you know, they couldn't get various hop varieties, so they were using spruce tips in their beers. Yeah. And I loved them. It, of course, it didn't have, it, it was, it tastes like fucking spruce, not hops. Right. But it was, that was back when piney hops were all the, you know, all the rage. Um, in any case, our other mutual friend, Jack Smith, um, Neil went over and picked a whole bunch of spruce tips out of his yard, made a batch of beer. It's essentially an amber American amber ale mm. with spruce tips and mm. some, you know, it's a I wouldn't say it's it's a subtly to moderately hopped beer. It honestly tastes like old school Great Lakes Burning River. Oh, OK. Like, you know, malty amber APA. Yeah. But but sprucier. Yeah. And it's but it's mellow. It's soft spruce. It's not like acrid and weird. It's so fucking good. So I had that, the Hellas, which is always great. Um, and then I had one other beer. Oh, I had a Schwartz beer as well. And then I came home with a uh a four pack of the um their fest beer, which has caught quite a bit of attention, uh, you know, on all these, you know, big beer sites and magazines and stuff like that. It got super highly rated and they still had a few four packs of it. So I grabbed a couple of those and then I grabbed the, the Deutschland pills and I just did pretty much the most predictable shit in the world and grabbed, you know, German style lager <laughs> beers. Uh, but that's what I'm drinking on here tonight. So I had some, I had some loggy beers and a spruce beer, um, at, uh, at burgers and, you know, just kind of sat in silence and just like stared at the draft board for a solid hour like just let my brain just go just went brain death for a couple minutes it was it was nice hell yeah yeah uh cinderlands is another one that does uh spruce beers as well they do they do a spruce ipa so yeah they're they're out oh, there yeah i remember that and you know who else did actually what's the one there in mars uh oh stick city stick city they did a spruce beer last yeah, year yeah too, yeah yeah or maybe it was two years ago i don't remember but yeah yeah any, any anywhere you find somebody who has like uh a, a sense of like world conservation or whatever or like you know earth mm-hmm. conservation it seems like they because log yard always does something they do a lot of botanical stuff because of all the trees and shit in their area so goddamn trees they're invested with them yeah i love a, i love a uh i love a spruce beer I, I also just love generally herbally uh florally perfumey type of shit in mm-hmm. general so yeah do anyway, love a botanical here's where we are we got, we're past the beers guys here let's talk about real quickly uh, before we get into this goddamn movie, um, let's talk about Patreon. Thank you for those who are uh, uh, Patreon uh, patrons on Patreon. Uh, we've got uh, we've got Dan in the chat here currently, or in the Discord here currently. Who Dan is is slowly becoming just like a uh, almost a third uh, host on the podcast <laughs> because he always chimes in and, and keeps us honest on shit on, on the uh, on the on the recordings, which is always fun. If you like to do that, because we do have a handful of folks who do regularly join us for recordings on uh, in the Discord. If you want to do that, if you want to be a couple of those folks, Dan says he no one can fill the bogs hag sh- the bog hag shoes. Yeah, true. Listen, we all we all yeah hashtag truth guys. We all just we're trying to fill those bog hag shoes. I actually weirdly enough my um uh uh. uh Apple Podcasts started playing after whatever podcast I was listening to the last time Meg was on as a guest, which was back in, I think, in 
She was on the Punishment uh, Show for October. Oh, it was, it was the, it was. That's exactly what it was when we were we were talking about, um, you know, after we had done the the, the Halloween showdown. Anyway, um, listen, the bog hag, she's out there. She's lurking around. <laughs> she's she's claiming victims all over the countryside still here, guys. Um, but if you do, uh, you know, want to come in and, 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 and chill in the um, in the discord and chime in and 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 throw us off our game by throwing funny quips and things like that uh, into the chat. Uh, please join us over on patreon.com forward slash Halloween is forever. Steve, tell them a couple because there's a couple other cool things aside from being part of the uh, discord that you can that you can join in on. Yeah. So, I mean, you jump over there. Like he said, you can jump on the discord anytime. You can leave messages for us. You can leave suggestions for us and you can be a part of the live episodes, which means almost always you get the episodes early because I have to edit these goddamn things later. So, <laughs> yeah. So you get episodes early, you watch them happen live, you chime in, you get to be a part of the show, we give you shout outs, you go, hey, that's me. You can turn to your girlfriend and poke her in the side and go, they're talking about me. You hear that? That's me. <laughs> that's what Dan's doing right this very yeah. second. <laughs> but, you know, you get all that stuff. Also, I just dropped like a huge 3,000 word essay of reviews that like reviews and recos of movies I've been watching over the past couple months. Mm, I love a sweet a sweet sticky reco. Yeah, you get, you get so many recos. You get so many reviews. There's so many goddamn new Christmas horror movies in the last, I mean, last three years, but especially this year. It's out. It's asinine, really. Yeah. Yeah, there's so, 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 so many more. Steve and I watch this goddamn trash so you don't have to. It's basically what it comes down to. <laughs> it's helpful. It's. It, I mean, it, it curates your your tastes. You know. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we it's, only got so many times. You're you're juggling your Christmas vacations and your Charlie Browns and all these types of things. You want to inject some 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 holiday horror as we all do. Steve will tell you the recos you want to follow versus the recos you want to avoid because uh, I'm about. One for six this year on fucking new <laughs> holiday horror movies. You also get records that aren't holiday horror because if it weren't for me, I don't know how many you would find out about the seventh curse. I am intrigued by this, guys. This might actually just need to be a mini sode, regardless of the season. Yeah. Um, this sounds like it has big boxers omen vibes. Oh, it's super big boxer omen vibes, but also it's just huge Hong Kong excess from the 80s and 90s it's it's like oh yeah it's based off a series of novels that were like kind of indiana jones inspired from the 80s yeah Uh, Yeah. this this movie is out of fucking control and i swear to god we will just do it in january (laughs) (laughs) steve was blowing me up one night we were talking about we were texting back and forth about something else and he was like complete non sequitur Go watch this fucking movie right now. It yeah. fucking rules. Don't be a pussy. Go yeah. fucking watch it. He just started blowing up about this movie. So yeah. I haven't had a chance to do it yet because I had to watch this movie and a couple other ones we got. But I am. It's on my radar. Mm-hmm. What's it called again? Sorry. One more the time. The Seventh Curse. Seventh. The Seventh Curse. Yeah. yeah. I want to say The Seventh Omen because I was thinking The Boxer's Omen. <laughs> yeah. The Seventh <laughs> Curse. So I'm, I'm intrigued, man. This sounds right up my alley. If you've got stuff like that, I mean, that's the shit that honestly, if you deliver us a boxer's omen or something like that, and it's a suggestion that wasn't on our list, 
I think I will personally pay for your Patreon subscription. Like, I want that in our lives so bad that if well, you can deliver something we'll like that. you five bucks so you get a free I month. I will give you on a monthly basis your Patreon back. Yeah. If I'll you can deliver you us something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I expected you to say. Steve will send you feet pics. Yeah. I'll say my feet are gross, guys. Mine too, um, but hey. which might which might be better. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what the feet pic market looks like these days. Anyway, if you want to uh, uh, if you want to support us by giving us paper monies, it's a small amount, but you can get a lot for it. Over on the Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash Halloween's forever. Or if you go to one of our social medias, you just go to Halloween's forever, for example, on uh, on Instagram or on Twitter. You can go to our links and you'll find the subscription or I'm sorry, a link to our, our Patreon on there. And then you can support us that way and be part of the whole nasty business that we do here on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, all right. That said. Uh, let's get into this fucking movie because I've heard a lot of talk about this movie mm-hmm. and um, it definitely feels like a movie that looks on the surface like it's going to be a lot of fun. And then when you watch it, it's just a little bit of fun. That's kind of how I would <laughs> that's how I would hmm. characterize this movie, hmm. because you look and you're like, oh, Justin Long genre darling yes. at this point, right? Justin Long. Then you see a Joel McHale. Everyone likes Joel McHale. Who doesn't like Joel McHale? He's yeah. a fun guy, handsome bugger. But then you watch it, and then this was slapped together by, but for for dum dums, I think. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what you think. But I, uh, I, I honestly, Steve, you saying that it's saying mid is is perhaps harsh. You, that is the nicest thing I've heard anyone say about this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like the way people react to things nowadays, if you say something's mid, they actually just mean it's shit. You know, like they, they yeah. don't they don't. Yeah, the the vernacular is all fucked up, because yeah. when I say mid, I, I because I'm an old an old person. When I say mid, I mean, like, oh, it's it's OK. Yeah, it's I mean, OK, so I didn't hate it. I totally no. agree. Like, I totally enjoyed watching it. I will probably never watch it again, but I also am, am not mad that I watched it. That's right. what I mean by mid. If if we're looking at a scale between Christmas, Bloody Christmas and The Killing Tree, this movie's in between mm-hmm. it. It's in the mid. It's middle. <laughs> That's fair. It's not it's not the 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 killing tree that that. I I wish harm upon the people who made that movie. Right. I that's not what I feel here. This is just a lazy Christmas exploitation cash grab that made me smile a couple times. Yeah. Which is like cool. All right. Yeah, fine. It's cool. Yeah. I, I watch I watch Hallmark Christmas movies, guys. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like So your brain way, your brain is already cooked. You know, it's, yeah. it, you, I'm sure you recognized a lot more in that filmmaking, it, like it, it, between this movie and those, than I would have, because I just the I quick don't. wrap up. It felt yeah. the whole like, and we'll get to it. I don't. I'm not going to spoil it, but like the quick, quick and dirty wrap up of all the loose ends in three sentences yeah. reeked of Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> because and guys, this is a little bit of a, a, a of a tangent here, but. We didn't really talk about that much, but we do this thing um, where we watch fucking um, if you subscribe to the Patreon, um, not to belabor it, but we do this thing where we watch all of the goddamn 
piece of shit uh, Fast and the Furious movies on a Patreon exclusive podcast. It sucks. It's fun to listen to, but watching them sucks ass. And it's Steve's fault. Mm-hmm. And it's a psyop and the government and all my loved ones are plotting against me and Steve also. But I am thinking about how it would play out if after we do all the uh, Fast and the Furious movies, we start watching all my Christmas movies. They are. I watch them, but they are like background yeah noise yeah you know what i mean to me or they are they are just they're white noise Mm -hmm. with christmas lights yeah you know that's kind of what they are this feels like that but with a couple of moderately flashy horror scenes and a couple of uh like notable faces i guess Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel the same way um i just don't feel like as negative about it it's just it's just there and i think it's a lot of it'll be a lot of fun for people who aren't old and jaded like us you're probably right and that's who it's made for yeah and the other thing it does is it crosses just enough uh genre lines while still being like really wholesome and all that, it, like it feels much more for, oh, I, like I don't want to say, yeah, okay, it feels much more for like secular families who have mm-hmm. like no real Christmas tradition that's revolved around the religion, but they still like buy each other gifts and they like put a tree up. So it's not, you know, it's for families who still have fun on Christmas and want to have like Christmas things going on. But you don't want to get into like the Orthodox mass from Jan, you know, the the way January seventh is, where like everything is just in Latin and you know, swinging yeah. swinging incense and shit like that by candlelight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because so like I, you know, was raised, and we we've talked about this especially back in some of these showdown episodes when Meg was on the show. Because for those of you who are new to the show, Steve and I were both raised quite religious quite Christian with although different sex, I was more, uh, uh, I was not more, I was very Lutheran. I was raised in a very Lutheran environment. Steve, you were more, uh, more orthodoxy really. Uh, I'm actually, I was raised really, really Catholic, but I have, Oh, I thought it was, I, had, I, I knew it was more I have, conservative. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. But I have orthodox roots. Like, okay, that's ha- like ha- like half of my family was like orthodox and then my mom converted to Catholicism which is just like you get two Christmases if you want it. If I mean they're both yeah. like really sad and upsetting but like you can have them. <laughs> I love two two upsetting Christmases are better than yeah. one, you know, mediocre Christmas. But then Meg Meg was not religious growing up. So we right. would do a lot of like explaining of various religious rites and and weirdness and stuff like that. Um it's weird because I am not by any stretch of the imagination religious now and my family and we don't raise, you know, our kids really not to get too granular on this. But, you know, Kate was raised super uh, Christian, um, you know, super Roman Catholic, Irish, mm-hmm. you know, Roman Catholic family, all that sort of thing. But it doesn't practice now. And, you know, that's where we're at. Um, but we both have a, a real um, nostalgic affinity for the slightly religious toned Christmas. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, not like that. I'm like, I need to watch, you know, I, I need to like sing 
you know, hark the herald angels sing, you know, or something like that. Yeah. I don't listen to secular Christmas music, but I do find myself like when ki- my kids are like, oh, so and so at school said hell. And I was like, hell's not real, kids. Don't worry. And then five <laughs> seconds later, I'm like, hark the herald angels. You know, there is a little bit of that because right, it's right. just, I like it because it's, it's pure nostalgia. Right? It's nostalgia. It's um, just what's burned into you. Like, it if, is. It exactly is. If you woke up Christmas morning and somebody had that fucking morning mass on, like you probably yeah. wouldn't notice it. it. Like it wouldn't, you know, ting you like you would never put it on. Right. But it also it wouldn't make you change it either because you just walk past it. No, and go, it would just it would just be background noise yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. And this 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 movie I could see like because I actually got a little bit of of uh um, the the true meaning of Christmas stuff from this. So like mm-hmm. when I think about Christmas movies, you know, I'm a big fan of Christmas movies and shows and specials and all that stuff. You basically have a couple of different categories. You have the um, the ultra secular where it's just like, hey, you know, everyone loves each other and they don't even really put Christmas music in it besides like Jingle Bells and Sleigh Ride or something like mm-hmm. that. And then you have like the ultra and and the, <laughs> I love A Christmas Carol, like Dickens, A Christmas Carol, and all yeah. the, you know, uh, 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 movie renditions of that. My dad collects them and has like every single one of them on five different versions. And the more weirdly Jesus they are, the more I kind of like them, which is <laughs> weird juxtaposition, right? This struck me as like, even though, of course, there's nothing particularly religious about it, it's very secular. It even actually goes to like great lengths to be a little bit more um, contemporary. It does have spirit of Christmas vibes to it. A little bit, a little bit. It has spirit yeah. of Christmas vibes, but also it has Back to the Future Part Two vibes. So. <laughs> <laughs> it does. They try to. They try to believe it. As I'm, we're getting off on quite a tangent. Let's get into the movie here because it does have that, but it also, you know, it's called "It's a Wonderful Knife." So for those of you who have seen, you know, of course, the holiday classic "It's a Wonderful Life." It's that's pretty Jesusy. They don't flat out say Jesusy, but like they do talk about, you know, the afterlife and angels and shit like that, right? I mean, and, Clarence and literally def- talks to God at some point, right? Like, yes, at yeah. the, in the opening, <laughs> yeah. literally in the opening scene, it's like two stars just glowing, and it's like two stars talking to each other, and one of them's like, "God said you got to do this," and you, well, you got to do this to get your wings, and it's like really talking about the nitty gritty hierarchy of angels within yeah. God's domain, <laughs> which is like, again, weird in a, in a weirdly like attractive to, to, to a secular group way. Anyway, um, it, they, they bite on that in this movie, but it's, it's obviously it's a fucking slasher movie and they, they go in the other direction quite a bit, but let's get into it a little bit. And just the main characters. Cause there actually are some like Kate was watching this with me. And for those of you who don't know, Kate, my wife, who's like, she, she my knows, wife. you know, my wife, she knows about horror. Um, she, she identifies tropes. She's not by any stretch of the imagination as much of a fan as I am, but she is knowledgeable enough where she can pick up on, you know, surface level tropes without even watching. Like she was working on something at her computer and she was just like, is that Justin Long? Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? <laughs> and she was like, you know, because she knows that he's come up on some stuff in recent years. But here, here's how this starts. And they do a, a little um, 
they do a little misdirect, right? So you first get introduced to Justin Long's character. His name's Henry Waters. And he's just like a silly real estate douchebag. That's how they introduce him. He's an asshole. He's like trying to, you know, money hungry, grubby asshole real estate dickweed in the town. He's got like big fake teeth, like veneers and that sort of stuff. You get introduced to his brother who's like brain damaged his name's buck he's kind of a funny <laughs> character but he could have been funnier i don't know he could have been funnier Evel- this like this this opening scene though is like when i was kind of it just got me on board immediately because they're doing yeah. the tree light up and just the way buck is shocked that a tree lights <laughs> up just had me laughing well this is the thing is like i got uh, this movie was a real up and down for me because i was like oh this is gonna be great and Mm -hmm. i was like oh this sucks oh no maybe it is gonna be great oh that's gonna be suck so it was very up and down for me but like buck was a character i kept wanting more from Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they promised so much Buck was gonna be i love a stupid character because i'm a simpsons fan you know born and like i grew up a diehard simpsons fan so i love a stupid character yeah it's the yeah. funniest thing to write. It's the funniest thing to watch. Just gradations of stupid is the Simpsons. Like, you know, it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was what Buck was going to be. But then they never really brought it home. Mm-mm. But you get the Buck, the Waters family. Right. And at first I thought they were going to be like the the gemstone, you know, righteous gemstone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they weren't. They're they're really the only character that the only characters that matter are. Henry Waters, which is Justin Long's character. He's the head of the company. He's the fucking golden child. Their dad, who is apparently like a little bit of a more of a softer, you know, full hearted kind of guy who ran the company. He died. The son, Henry Waters, a.k.a. Justin Long's character, is kind of like cutthroat, you know, super egotistical, super uh, money grubbing kind of asshole. And then you have the dickhead brother, Buck. That's the only parts of the family that matter at all. Then you get introduced to the Carruthers family with David, who is Joel McHale. So at first you think it's going to be really centered around those two characters because they're certainly the most, you know, recognizable performers in there. Um, But you have Winnie, who's his daughter, Mm -hmm. um, who is, uh, let me bring it up here. Winnie is played by, she's recognizable. Like you're, you're, uh, I don't know what else she is. Jane Widop. Off the top of my head. Yeah, Jane Widop, who is in... I'm bringing it up right now. She's in Yellow Jackets, which is a show I haven't watched. Same. That's where people would recognize her the most, I assume. Yeah, because that's the Christina Ricci show, right? Mm -hmm. That's the one. Okay, so she was in Yellow Jackets, um, The Kicks, Deadly Daughter Switch. I don't know, some other stuff. I would imagine people who know her know her from Yellow Jackets, but I have seen her face before, that's for sure. Um, and 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 she is really, by all accounts, she's the protagonist of the film. She's David, a.k.a. Joel McHale's um, daughter. You also get Jimmy, who is Winnie's brother, you get Gail, who is like the 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 gay aunt, and then her partner, wife, whatever. And then there's mom, who like plays a relatively minor role. Anyway, there's a project. So this is very set up. Like this is where the the um, the the misdirect happens. But it's you've got the the jerk family, who's the Waters, and you think, oh, Justin Long's character, he's the Mister Potter. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Equating it to it's a wonderful life. And then you think 
you know, the, the Jimmy Stewart character is going to be Joel McHale. And they're saying, oh, we're building this big project. It's called Waters Cove. And they want to tear down all these buildings. They've got everyone to sign and sell them their property except for one particular person, Mr. Evans. He's got this old historic house and he's the holdout, right? So this is a classic setup. Um, and then Henry <laughs> drags, so uh, Justin Long dra- drags Joel McHale's character. So Henry and David drags him to... Um, Mr. Evans house on Christmas Eve. So it's like, oh, he's making him work again on Christmas Eve. He's this fucking Scrooge. He's the Mr. Potter, whatever you want to call him. And the guy won't sign, you know, hey, your dad was a good guy. You're a fucking prick. And then they butt heads on Christmas Eve. You uh, then you go back over to David's house, Joel McHale's house, and that's where you meet Gail. And then Karen is her wife's name. And and then you you just meet a lot of fucking characters. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, the first fifteen minutes of this movie, I swear to Christ, you you meet like twenty fucking characters. <laughs> like I was really struggling to keep track of them. It it definitely keeps you on your toes and with all of these characters because also in the scene that you meet uh, this old Mister Evans who has the historic house, you also meet his granddaughter Kara Evans. Yes. Who, who becomes important later on. But it was interesting. If you don't, if you didn't see any trailers for this film, you're mm-hmm. like, you're, you're getting set up for a lot of different stuff. Like you said, you already mentioned that the, the kind of Scrooge Marley dynamic between Joel McHale and Henry, but also yeah. this, the, the guy playing Roger Evans is a notoriously bad guy. Um, he's, yeah. pl- he's played by William B. Davis. Most people recognize him as the cigarette smoking man from the X-Files, but sure. also he's a, he's a real old, uh, he's just like a real old waspy piece of shit on this show called, uh, upload, which I like. It's a, uh-huh. it's a comedy on Amazon. I feel like you've mentioned this show before, I might have, but I've never yeah. watched it. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a, Hey, it's one of those shows like either you get into it or you don't, you know, there's so much streaming mm-hmm. out there. It happens or it doesn't happen, but he's on that also being a bad guy. So anytime I see this guy, I immediately think villain. So what is yeah. this? You know, what is this guy doing? <laughs> he's, he's waspy old rich, bad guy. hundred percent. Like yeah. he could type chat typecast in that character. But in this instance, he's, he's, he's old holdout grandpa. And then you meet uh, Kara and this movie does this thing and which is like I simultaneously appreciate and roll my eyes at because I love the whole like normalize diversity. Don't mm-hmm. like call it out and be weird about it. Right. Because then like the whole thing is you do that and then and then, you know, the old trope of like there's one, you know, black person per movie and they die first. If you don't do that, if you do the opposite, it becomes a trope in the other direction. So don't do that. So like I appreciate that they do that in this movie, but it also is like I jokingly say, like when you have a producer or 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 a writer or director who's trying too hard to be diverse, it feels pandering and Mm. lame. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, so 50 percent of people are gay and you get one character and i just jokingly refer to it as it's burger king kids love you're just you're literally yeah. just putting you're just trying to represent everybody which is in theory great i i appreciate the representation but at the same time it starts to feel disingenuous when you're like 
checking boxes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I feel like that's the case in this one a little bit. I was just gonna say, like, it's interesting because so the the director of this film is Tyler McIntyre, and yeah, which we didn't even talk about. I forgot to. Yeah, it he's he's the writer of the Five Nights at Freddy's movie that just came out. Mm-hmm. But he also directed a movie that I uh, I do like that I included in the 31 days of horror records that I was doing. He directed okay. a movie called Tragedy Girls. And I think I saw it. I have not watched it, but I saw it pop up on his IMDb. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. So I think Tragedy Girls is a better movie. And it also does like a lot of like it, it, it does diversity and representation without feeling box checky whereas in this film we we joke about how movies from the 80s and 90s have a case of a not gays to make sure you never ever confuse anybody as gay (laughs) right this movie almost goes a little bit in the other direction in that everyone's gay (laughs) well it is and it's also like and, and and in one instance in one relationship it works which we're getting ahead a little bit yeah but it's with uh, a winnie and birdie which you're like oh we don't really know because you're like are they friends are they romantic and i kind of like that it was a little ambiguous because in real life that might be a little ambiguous mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's like i i like that i felt that 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 felt genuine to me um but in other movies like and and i'll preface this by saying some of my favorite movies right now are because we're we're in the advent where we're seeing a lot of movies that are like really coming out and not only coming out that sounds like a uh, pun but that's not what i meant but like they are like really almost marketing themselves as like queer horror and mm-hmm. like queer horror has always been kind of just fun progressive horror right <laughs> like throughout for the last 30 years in the genre like queer horror has been just like the fun progressive horror yeah. so i i will seek that stuff out but when a when you have like people who are a little bit more mainstream people associated with the movie, they feel like it, it feels less. Less like we're doing this with a subversive spirit of representation of like a, it, it's like the the difference between like <laughs> this is a sucky, sucky analogy, but it's like the difference between Minor Threat and Green Day. You know, it's like <laughs> one of them is fucking punk rock and like against what is cool and like is like genuine. And the other one just seems like corporate bullshit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like that. That's kind of what it feels like to me is like this feels like checking the box, whereas like knife plus heart or something feels like it's sticking it to this or the people who made this movie. Yeah. Or even or even just trauma movies. I mean, they they yeah, they just cast whoever they're not casting to check a box. Like if you're queer, who cares? They they come on board. Um, Tra- yeah, that's a good example, too. Yeah, uh, uh, not a, not horror, but John Waters like John Waters mm-hmm. just makes yeah. you know subversive films with, you know, people of all distinction. So like yeah. it, it like you're saying, yeah, this feels commercialized. I don't know. I don't want I don't want to get too, too deep into trying to dissect the intentions. Yeah, of course, we don't know what the intentions are here, but yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I, I do agree. Like, it doesn't feel as genuine as just like when you watch like real subversive films that are just like, yeah. like death game. You don't know what yeah. anybody aside from that creepy salamander guy 
you don't know what <laughs> anybody's sexuality really is. They're just kind of in it for to be weird and <laughs> you know, yeah. carry on. <laughs> yeah, it's like genuine versus kind of disingenuous. But mm-hmm. anyway, it, it doesn't play. It doesn't matter that much, honestly. And and frankly, the relationship of like two of the main protagonists in the movie, I actually kind of liked. I kind of thought it was fun. But anyway, or at least like they were the only characters I one and a half of them I actually cared about, yeah. um, which we'll get about in a second. But <laughs> so Henry's uh, dad, like I said, he was a pretty good guy. And now Henry Justin Long is a, is a dickhead. Um, they go to Mr. Evans house and they're trying to get him to sign. He's like, eat shit, fuck off. And then um, and then that's where we meet Kara. So Kara uh, we learn in a second is very good friends with Winnie and care. Winnie is kind of the goody two shoes. I would say of like her kind of high school friend group here. Mm-hmm. So there's a knock on the door at Mr. Evans house and there's heavily suggested during their kind of altercation. I don't want to say altercation, but their discussion on Christmas Eve that you pretty much know from the second waters, Henry waters, AKA Justin long is going to like, he's up to no good. Right. So he shows up, Mr. Evans, who's like older, you know, kind of geriatric dude who like doesn't can't get around really good, opens the door. There's a snowman at his front door and I guess it explodes. I don't really know, but it turns into it's a life size. It's it's, you know, the the slasher villain in this movie is essentially dressed as a Christmas angel. Like Mm -hmm. the Christmas angel that would be on top of the tree, which I thought was cool. Yes. And the it's kind of looks cool. I mean, it's a completely not at all functional costume and it's kind of dumb and no, no serial killer would ever do this, but it looks cool surface level. Right. It looks Um, cool because like it's pure white and then like it a lot of times it gets spattered in blood which is adds to a cool visual. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's not functional, but it, it looks, you know, looks like the shitty angels that like you would make in school of just like rolling up a bunch of cotton and then tying cotton, it off. Or I was going to say, if you ever made a corn husk angel, if you were, if you were raised in the type of rural Lutheranism that I was raised in, <laughs> You may have made a corn husk angel. That's what this looks like to me, yeah. except for even smoother than a corn husk. Yeah. So it's got like this, like almost smooth off, almost papery face where it just has no features. So it's almost largely featureless mm-hmm. um, with um, things that vaguely suggest wings <laughs> on yeah. top of it. So it's right. just like a fucking glob of ethereal stupidity on top of your fucking Christmas tree. (laughs) So Winnie and Kara, uh, Winnie being Joel McHale's daughter, Kara being Mr. Evans' granddaughter, the guy who won't sell his property to, to Henry waters. They're at a crisp high school Christmas party, which is, you know, they're fucking, you know, going to get all fucked up and do high school things. Um, you get introduced to so many characters. You have like Robbie, who apparently is Winnie's boyfriend. You get introduced to this like wh- they call her weirdo, which is just like she's the misanthrope, you know, outsider girl in the school who shows up to the parties. You just get all these various characters. It's really hard early on to to keep and keep track of them, and and honestly, very few of them matter. So it doesn't really 
who cares? But um, Kara's boyfriend, who I, I literally don't know his name, um, gets impaled in the back of the head while they are kissing and she doesn't notice until blood goes into her mouth. Like, so you get a pretty good idea of the, the, um, I guess the, the, the amount of disbelief that must be suspended in this movie pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah. Which look, I like this. Simply because, and I maybe I just liked it simply because we watched the Thanksgiving trailer not too long ago for when mm-hmm. doing the Thanksgiving episode. And in that trailer, there's a scene where Eli Roth is getting head from somebody and <laughs> yeah. his head gets cut off while she's fuck uh, while she's sucking his dick or eating his ass yeah. even and <laughs> yeah. i mean it's it's ambiguous but there's yeah. a lot going on yeah but then she doesn't notice so like you know she doesn't <laughs> notice while she's eating ass that somebody's head got removed so i don't know i just feel like it felt it fell into that realm and i'm just like yeah i'm here for it whatever be silly <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wasn't mad i was just it just it 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 told you the score right it, it knew what you were here it told you what you were here from or here for rather. Um, so the one thing I can say at this point is like, I, I knew right away, this was not going to be a scary movie Mm-mm. and I'm not scaring like scared, like, uh, you know, um, <laughs> you know, something that's like a genuinely scary movie. I just knew that it was not going to really be going for scares as much as just like slasher silliness. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You could kind of tell at this point, Kara gets off in front of the school. And I will say, I kind of like this because you kind of didn't know what was happening here. Like you knew there was things were moving too fast. Right. For, for, a, for a seasoned jaded horror fan, especially of slasher movies. The one thing you could note early on is like a lot of things are happening in a very short amount of time. Like we're like 12 minutes into this movie right now. Mm-hmm. And like people are dying. You know, yeah, you're, you're still seeing the murder. Yeah, you're still trying to get a handle on who the fuck everybody is. <laughs> and now yeah. they start dying. You're like, whoa, whoa. And Kara <laughs> died. So what that tells me, you could pretty much tell right away. is like, OK, we're going for a little bit of a redirect here. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to try to buck some genre tropes like, you know, what's going to happen in that sense. So Kara gets killed uh, in front of like the whole crew at the party. So you got you know, you're off to a fast start. Winnie escapes the killer. Um, there's a lot of really overly stylized scream like uh, 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 sound design. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of swing, swing, swing metal noises happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very uh, uh, scream adjacent in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and Winnie ends up electrocuting the killer, the the angel killer. With jumper cables before she can kill her brother, Jimmy. So she kind of saves Jimmy by electrocuting the killer. They unmask the killer and it's Mr. Waters. So it's almost shocking in its predictability because it's like, oh, the bad guy is the killer. Wow. Okay, you're just going to do that surface level. And that is, of course, um, that is the the misdirect. The misdirect is that everything is exactly as predictable as you think it's going to be. And then the title card hits. So this is all pre-title card. You know, like I said, 10 to 15 minutes in. So now the rest of the movie is how are we going to work our way back from that? 
Fast forward now, and David, Winnie's dad, and Jimmy, her brother, so David and Jimmy Carruthers, are now like, they're essentially the new Waters family in the Mm -hmm. town. They took over, and they're becoming big giant dickheads. And Winnie is still bummed, obviously, because her Kara, her best friend, got killed. So it's fast forward a year later, I should say. And Kara, (laughs) still dead, so she's pretty bummed about that. Yep. Um, But also... um, she didn't get into taking pictures school, so who fucking cares? And why you, sir? Yeah, she, <laughs> she wanted to get into taking pictures school. She didn't get in. You know, wah, 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 fuck yourself. But <laughs> as a per- so the, Look, as a person who couldn't afford to go to NYU either, I, this resonated yeah. with me. because actually, I, I couldn't have afforded. Listen, no one can afford to go to NYU. Get over it. Unlike, you know what I mean? Like, Unlike yeah. this girl, though, I actually did get in, but fuck her. <laughs> well, listen, I wouldn't have fucking got in anyway. So, like, no one's getting into NYU. So, quit fucking bitching. Unless your parents already fucking have a place in Nantucket. Island, you're not fucking going to NYU. Yeah. Um, but so there, there's there's this whole thing about like she's sad. Oh, Kara died. Oh, I didn't get into picture taking school. Blah, blah, blah. So everyone is uh is kind of getting in the spirit of Christmas. It's literally it's a year later, right? Except for Winnie. She's got so much sad, and she's got so much literal sad makeup on. It's mm-hmm. like it's kind of wild. It's like it's it's heavy-handed, we'll say. Yeah. Um, so they're really trying to portray her as like everyone got over the tragedy that happened last year, except for her. That's the message. Weirdly enough, they're just like walking down the street, you know, like having a holly jolly Christmas. Buck, who was Henry's brother, like corners her on the street and does this whole like <laughs> like threatens her life thing on the street. Like nobody really makes that big of a deal about it. Um, but. Uh, uh, I you know it's it's I don't want to say it's a red herring, but it's like oh is Buck the killer now? We you don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, why was Buck mad at her? That's there's a lot of um, what how should I put it? There is a lot of conf- like theoretical confusion. Where like people don't seem to understand the score. Characters in yeah. this movie don't seem to understand past events. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out that way. Like you're saying, this movie is so good at being kind of like a Hallmark movie that like motivations are a little lazy and they're not and like because things have to wrap up nicely. But also the thing yeah. is motivations have to change when we move into the other universe. Yeah. So in this universe, Buck is like obviously incensed with his brother being killed and like Buck, for all intents and purposes at this point, like probably was just being taken care of by Henry. You know what I mean? Yes, that's pretty clear. That's the case. But does Buck not understand or accept the fact that his brother was caught red-handed as a murderer and that she killed him in self-defense because buck is holding some sort of like um a grudge against her as if it was a judgment call but buck was 
I mean, sorry, Henry was actively trying to kill her or kill her brother when she killed him in self-defense. But Buck doesn't seem to understand that. This is just the law of stupid white trash, Brian. Stupid white trash will just take blood debt anyway. Like they don't (laughs) care if somebody was doing crime. They will just avenge that person otherwise because, you know, blood is thicker than water and it doesn't matter what the law says. Buck is just that dumb. Buck just saw his family get killed and, you know, probably the cash cow. You know, the reason why he was able to live a somewhat comfortable life, his life. We don't see enough of his life to know, like, that he's probably fallen on super hard times. Well, and we didn't even see much before that. We just knew that he was like this, like, uh, Instagram douchebag who was like sending dick pics on the Internet. That's all you knew about Buck. And then you came to learn that now he is destitute. Yeah. And that he was also like he was just the JV football coach. Like he's not making he's not making a lot of money off that. You know, that's what he no, does. He didn't care. He was just riding his brother's coattails. Um, anyway, now Winnie's family, although they are very successful because the Waters family are destitute now and or dead. So they kind of took their place. And, and David Carruthers, Winnie's dad, was was um, Waters right hand man. Now he's picked up the mantle. He's off and running. But, uh, you know, financially speaking, but now her whole family sucks. Right. So they bought her. There's this whole thing where it's like, again, this is just inconsistencies. And I'm like, I don't not only do I not fully understand it, it seems genuinely at odds with the overall message of the story. Mm-hmm. But like Winnie is now kind of just mad, at least initially, that her family bought her workout clothes and not a truck. Right. Because they brought the son a truck. So is she mad that her best friend is dead and that they're ignoring it? Or is she mad because they bought her brother a nicer Christmas present? Like it's 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 mixed up. The whole thing seems mixed up. Yeah. You never really generate any type of real empathy or 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 um, or or sympathy for that matter either for Winnie at this point. Yeah, you do. Um, like at this point, we should if if Winnie is supposed to be mourning Kara, we should be mourning Kara as well. And we honestly just didn't get enough of Kara to begin with to care that much right. other than we were just told that she's Winnie's best friend. Like we were just told yeah. that we didn't see like the good person that she is and like what she brought to the town. Um, yeah. And then in this scene that you're ta- talking about the motivations do feel like wildly off and it's all in service to get the Christmas story reference in. Oh yeah. The it's a wonderful life reference. in. No, no, no. The Christmas story because Oh, Christmas. I missed this. What? what? The workout clothes she gets are all pink. She gets the pink bunny suit. The Christmas story. The Chris. Yeah. And she's even like, go upstairs and go upstairs and try it on. Yeah, Yeah. 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 I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. She gets the Ralphie bunny suit. And, and yeah, but it's a workout. It's workout clothes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just like quick and cheap to try and service that like they're, they're not really concerned about explaining the motivations and the way people have changed over the past year because they no. just want to show you that everything is at odds with Winnie. Mm-hmm. So when she 
goes back, goes to the next dimension, uh, we see how it changes and how like it's still technically better, you know, in her past life. Yeah, and we're almost there, right? So, so I'll, I'll I'll speed forward a little bit. Winnie meets this girl Birdie, who is uh Bernie or Bird? Is it Bernie or Birdie? I forget. Bernie, um, Bernie, um, and she's the quirky, weird girl, and everyone's kind of mean to her. And then uh, Winnie goes in, and she finds her boyfriend cheating with this other girl from her school, and they're basically like, "Hey." Oh, we've been cheating for a long time and like you didn't even notice because you don't pay attention to anything. And if Winnie were to say the word seriously one more time, I was going to cut my own dick off. <laughs> like it was it was getting so fucking obnoxious. Winnie, here's my take. Uh, the character sucks and the performance sucks <laughs> and I don't care about her at all or if she lives or dies or anything. The only character I cared about a, like a little bit was Bernie. Mm -hmm. um, and you learn later why. But still, Winnie was the most unlikable character as I'd a like, protagonist. I like Aunt Gail, too, though, because... I didn't like Aunt Gail. Aunt, like Gail's Aunt Gail was bad at acting. No, and no. Aunt Gail, we did, we hadn't mentioned this. Yeah, she sucked. She you was horrible. Talk, you don't talk bad about Catherine Elizabeth, uh, Isabel like that. So she was, uh, I mean, people would know her. She plays Aunt Gail in this. People would know her from from uh, uh, Ginger Snaps, which I really like. Um, at the very least, the first Ginger Snaps movie, and and frankly, the second one too. Mm -hmm. But she is Ginger in Ginger Snaps. So like, she is she is kind of you know horror royalty really in that way like she she that's a whole fucking franchise and everyone you know everyone loves ginger snaps um between then and now uh she forgot how to act she's bad at acting and then also um the character is just like she's the cool aunt that that believes winnie when her parents don't that's pretty much what she plays which is fine that's a, that's a fine character but she's bad in this movie. She's yeah. genuinely very I bad. I think also because maybe like obviously in 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 kind of the previous time before uh, uh, before Winnie kills Henry, like you mm -hmm. get a little bit of their connection. Then during that scene where she gets the fucking shitty workout clothes, you get a, a deeper connection between the two of them. And. I'm not saying they're not trying to establish that. Yeah. I'm just saying it didn't mean anything to me well, at all. I think for me, it, it it felt a little better with the way the film ends in which, you know, Jane basically comes out with yeah. uh, to Bernie. But yeah, considering that she are considering she already had kind of a pre-established stronger connection to her lesbian aunt. It yeah, makes it it does make the ending feel more genuine. I guess she, she was her lesbian role model, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, I, fine, that's fine. But like, it it feels like that would need to be implied rather than like actually. And that and that's honestly, that's like 90 percent of the relationships and like, quote unquote, heartfelt moments in this movie are just not at all earned. They're just you. They're just because the script said earned. it's because the script said. Yeah, <laughs> it's because the script said. And like this, this script probably read as a two and a half hour movie and they made it an hour and 20 some minutes. It makes so you wonder. Everything's everything seems really rushed. Yeah, that, that makes me wonder if it really was because what's a wonderful life? It's almost like three hours. 
Is it really that long? It's a, I mean, it's a long fucking movie, I think. I remember it being a long mm, movie. You might be right. I, I mean, I've watched it a lot, but I never realized it was that long. Maybe I just don't like it and I feel like it drags. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Let's look, because now I'm curious, but go ahead. But yeah, so maybe it did start out like trying to be even closer to A Wonderful Life by being like an actually long movie. With, it's over two hours. Yeah, 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 it's just over two hours. It's two hours and five, two hours and ten, depending on what cut you watch. Okay, so then it's three hours on TNT. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, maybe it was a longer film and they had more uh, substance to it and more character development, but they just felt like that doesn't work for a slasher film, though. Like, people aren't going to sit around. No, it's got to be tight, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and also, the performances genuinely are most are mostly bad in this movie. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, that, that's my my point of view. But, um, yeah, it just feels like no one reacts appropriately to anything. Um, and just, like, emotions are generally kind of warped. Um, and also, Winnie might have the worst fake cry in the history of motion pictures. Like she can't get her mind around crying. It's so bad. <laughs> She's never cried in her life. Um, oh, it's tough. It's tough. Um, so she does do the whole George Bailey thing where she like wishes she was never born. But in this case, it's on the Aurora Borealis. They call it the Aurora. May I see it? No. So like instead of the whole like, yeah, it, it's just it's it's this whole convoluted thing that doesn't matter around the northern lights and that's what she's and this is like we'll get into it it's it's so forced but she wishes she wasn't born in in a split second she is flung into a world where she was never born so now there's some dude who we just saw a second ago just like drinking a stovepipe out of a out of a paper bag but now there's a knife sticking out of his fucking eyeball and 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 waters is still alive Right. And the killer is still alive and the killer is out murdering people around the town and she's flung into the situation and she knows in her mind Waters is the killer because Waters was the killer in her world. And as far as she knows and we know, Waters is just at large now and she's now he has now killed this random dude or on the street. Um, and she's like, oh, goddamn, where am I? What's happening? Why is why are people dying i'm literally on the same spot on like the fucking wharf that i was five seconds ago except for you know the weather might be a little bit different she somehow escapes the killer and she's like oh a cop's here oh like i'm saved let me talk to the cop and the cop is the sheriff and the sheriff is buck buck is henry's brother the dumbass you know, who is riding her, his brother's coattails. He's now the sheriff of the town. She's very confused about why he's the sheriff and all this stuff. And the, and the whole she starts to learn that the whole town is aware of an ongoing serial killer that they call the angel. And apparently, instead of in the world that she lived in, he killed, you know, basically Mr. Evans and Kara, and then she killed him and saved everybody. Now the angel has been killing essentially once or twice a week for the last year. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he has like 27 or something uh, victims at this point. Yeah. This is, this so, is when, this is when we start to really get into like back to the future Biff world. Yeah. So now we're an alternate 
timelines and we're starting to understand how, how you know, what, how the bulk of this movie is going to play out. So it, it was fine. It, you know, I think it was done OK. Really, where they dropped the ball in my mind is, is later on. But at this point, I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. You know, um, the angel, like I said, at this point, we come to understand has killed a lot of people, like 27, 28 people. And you think, oh, it's obviously it's Henry Waters, right? She he, he she was never here to save the town from Henry Waters. So he's just went on doing his killing and he has put his brother the sh- in charge of the town as the sheriff to either protect him or be too dumb to catch him. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's been now killing for a year or more. Um, and, and now Waters also is the mayor. So he has become the mayor of the town. And basically this is this is it's it's Mr. Potter from from the original movie. But it's this is what happens when Waters goes unchecked by good people like herself presumably mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so winnie goes to back to her her own house and they obviously don't know who she is and she learns that jimmy was killed so obviously in in her dimension what we saw she saved jimmy but in this alternate world where she never existed jimmy was killed by the angel the the serial killer aka what we believe to be henry waters the town has just gone to shit. So Waters has taken control of everything. He owns everything. Everyone just gets killed, especially business owners like in the main business district get killed. And then Waters buys up their their land and develops it and blah, blah, blah. So you get all this. It's very and it is alarmingly spoon fed to us, like in the most direct <laughs> way you can imagine. Um that's, and, that's and, why and I so, think this is this this is meant to kind of be just like a background film because like everything is so yeah. spoon fed and da 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 like like you're not obviously you're not going to get something deep out of this so it's just something no. that you have on the background at a Christmas party and you can tune in and tune out as you like it's not mm-hmm. you know my I guess like my only big criticism I don't have a problem with the a movie like that. But like my big criticism is if you're going to make a movie like that, make the kills far more interesting because they'll stand That's the out. That's thing. It's like there's – so I agree. This is a – and, and that's part of why I even mentioned it, like when it went – made it a point to go back and mention it at, earlier in the show is this is the slasher version of a Hallmark Christmas movie, mm-hmm. which – inherently i understand the value in it's just something to have on the background but it is so lazily done and just so (laughs) so not even a layup just so half-assed at points that it is shocking Mm. how half-assed it is like there is times where like oh i cut i listen i kind of know this is the opposite of when i talk about regularly on the show like a movie that is gonna take you for a ride that you can't trust that is that is unpredictable this is the opposite of that this is extraordinarily predictable but there's no wrong there's nothing that's fine it is what it is but this takes that to a unforgivably lazy level (laughs) i'll say i mean yeah you're calling it lazy but i just call it accessible for both (laughs) both b 
baby brained kids as well yeah. as your mush brained dog brained like boomers in your family. So but, like you but can this put isn't this- but this isn't on Netflix. This is on Shudder. <laughs> This is for horror nerds, Steve. If this was on Netflix, I would agree with you. But the fact that it's a Shutter exclusive makes me expect more from it. I, I understand you expect more. I think it's on Shutter because like Tyler was on the uh, Tyler was on VHS 99. And that's yeah. where he released Tragedy Girls, too, as well. So it's just it's just a built in like relationship with Shutter. It's so. yeah, you're right. I mean, it is it is what it is. There's no mystery about what this is. I'm not yeah. confused about it. I'm just disappointed in it. Right. It's like Justin Long and Joel McHale do not justify this movie in my mind. Mm. And in their mind and the undoubtedly the pitch when they said we would like this to be a Shutter exclusive exclusive, which AMC obviously ultimately agreed to was guys, Justin Long and Joel McHale. And they were like, <laughs> All right, you got us, you got us, Um, which is, you know, hey, they did it. But it's just like that is at the that is at the uh, how do I say it? You you have done that and that Mm -hmm. was a decision. But now you have cheapened your brand Mm. because now I'm going to not get when Shutter first came out. I was like. Even if there this movie looks like hot trash and it is, it's at least going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. This is an example of a movie that made it to Shutter that had all the surface level things and got through and is and I watched and was not interesting. Ah. I like that it's hit or miss. That's fine. Shutter can be hit or miss. It's a it's a genre fans platform, and I like that nothing is a slam dunk. But this is fucking lazy as fuck. <laughs> so you just feel you just feel a little bit bamboozled is what you're saying. I feel slighted because there's nothing there's so little redeemable. Like you said, there's no interesting kills even. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Not that that's even my cup of tea, but if I would have saw that, I would have said, "Oh, this is a fun kill movie." Mm-hmm. And I would have said, "Okay, fine, that's where the, the and and I find myself going where's the value add for the for the genre fan here Mm -hmm. because there's and 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 i guess ultimately what you could argue is the is the value add is that it looks kind of slick yeah um there's a couple of recognizable faces the killer is a little bit interesting in that it's you know because we've seen killer santa we've seen killer snowman we've seen killer elf we've seen killer fucking gingerbread man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now we've got killer tree topper angel, angel on top of the tree yeah which is like okay fine but here's what i want and this is a total side thing and this is just a an only a ginzer thing uh-huh. i want killer killer eating park star killer eating park star <laughs> god damn it i want it so bad I, steve we maybe I, need to make a horror movie i'm sorry dude, we might need to do that i mean look i'm gonna go on two tangents right now because you started yeah. one <laughs> I was I'm still and Dan also mentioned he's still recovering from killer tree syndrome, but I am also still on just like the anger and hate I have for the killing tree that I want. I want to make a good one and I want to call it. Oh, terror bomb. (laughs) Oh, that's a good title. If somebody steals that title, I'll come after you legally and physically. TM, TM, TM. Legally and physically. We're going to beat your ass. Listen, we're going to come to your house, we're going to beat your ass, and we're going to sue you. Yeah. 
but I want to make O Terror Bomb and we can include yeah. Eaton Park stuff in it. I, whatever. I don't care. The other, yeah. the other idea I had, which we just mentioned, it just popped in my mind while we were talking about this movie from the beginning of like the stars, the way they're represented in It's a Wonderful Life. And they're just two yeah. stars kind of blinking at each other. Yeah. I want, I want a film that's more about the biblically accurate angels <laughs> coming to earth. Oh, like the, like they're giant, like yeah. children of the net, the Nephilim. What are the fuck? The giant yeah, children of the called? Nephilim and the Seraphim. And they're just like yeah. spinning hell collections yeah. of eyes and wings. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that would also yeah, be it's fun. Fucking terrifying. But the whole time you're showing that shit on screen, it's all like wild ass CGI. Yeah. It's just like, exactly. Night. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. And it's just right, like guys. people's heads exploding out of fear and just, you know, just <laughs> taking it to like a level that's completely unrecognizable as a Christmas film, but there's still like the dressing. <laughs> yeah, guys, check us out on our, our our GoFundMe. It's link in the bio. This is what the Patreon is for. Watch this, if enough of you watch sign up movie. for the Patreon, we can make a terror bomb. <laughs> We're doing it, guys. Come on. Get your shit together. Um, all right. I, 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 listen, my brain's spinning, and I yeah. want to go in We're, that direction. Brain, We're going to talk about this. Man. Yeah, the brain's spinning. I'll, I'll get us back on track, because there's something you mentioned yeah. about like how this film has the dressing. And I, I do like the production design, even though it is very simplistic in the way it's done. It's mm-hmm. done in such a way that is simplistic and slick. So, yeah. The opening of the film, especially the scene with the cigarette smoking man in his house, feels mm-hmm. incredibly Christmassy. It feels like Home Alone. Yeah. You know? Okay. It looks yeah. it looks really good. The scenes after we switch to the new world, everything loses its color and its flair. It it basically uh, dives into blacks and blues. And there's it no does. it's so blue and, mm-hmm. and normally I'm a fan of Christmas blue like I, but this is just it just it sucks the life out of the yeah. visuals. Yeah. And it, it's meant to because like the only I think really the only person you see wearing red is Winnie and Bernie has a couple splashes of color yeah. on what she's wearing. So like you're supposed to just see this world that is just devoid of Christmas cheer devoid of color you know they i wouldn't have been surprised if they actually just went full black and white and if there isn't maybe a cut later on that they do that i mean i could see that i i i i appreciate the 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 visual storytelling but at the same time it's like get out of your own way you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what was the movie we talked about last year where there's a, a fucking robot killer Santa Christmas bloody Christmas. Ruled? Yeah. Christmas bloody Christmas. Yeah. That yeah. movie, even at its most heightened, dangerous moments, still felt Christmassy because even <laughs> fucking Santa's laser eyes were green and right, Christmassy. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's just fucking ruled. Like, just just take a fucking note. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that, that movie anyway, is also a, a whole different other thing of just being like, I know it has nothing to do with it. It's, it's and shot on 16 millimeter and everything is just high contrast, but also so full great, of though. neon and Jonah Ray eating ass. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's so fun. This is a fun movie. Anyway, go watch that movie, by the way, if you haven't. Yeah, I can't um, wait I'm to. I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm going to drink five more of these beers. Watch that tonight. <laughs> fucking pass out on the couch. Um, 
anyway, so Winnie, you know, goes to another high school party where her friends are. It's hey, this is what happens if you weren't around to, you know, make the world great. So all her friends are, which I thought was kind of a dark turn. All her friends are like smoking crack. Yeah. And or meth. Yeah. Um, the, which the is like house, a pretty dark turn. The party house is turned into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bad kids hideout. Where everybody's but not, but spray painting of, and smoking crack. <laughs> yeah, but instead of like just like playing arcade games and and smoking cigs, they're all like literally smoking crack and meth or whatever. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty dark. But um, but but Birdie's still there, and and she's the only one that will talk to Winnie because nobody else knows Winnie. And Winnie knows what's happened and and kind of understands it, but also kind of. Is like I, I guess I'll say she's like willfully obtuse. Like she knows what's happening. She knows this is a world where she was never born. She's said it mm-hmm. outwardly at this point. But at the same time, when she sees her boyfriend, she's still mad at her boyfriend for being in love with another girl. And you're like, bitch, you were never born. Why yeah. are you mad at him? <laughs> so like, that's what I mean when I say like, she's kind of willfully obtuse. Um, but they ultimately really lean on lean in on this thing. Cause it's like, Oh, she ends up going like, Oh, but, but still, um, her boyfriend was actually better off without her. And that's sad, but then later it's happy. So it's like, I don't know. They really thought that was pretty meaningful and it never really landed for me. But, um, Anyway, she's she's doing this whole like willfully obtuse thing. The angel kills some of her friends, yada, yada, who fucking cares of. Obviously, she's they're gonna you know, she's gonna you know, that's gonna happen. And um, she makes friends with Birdie. And they are going to go find the killer together and jump a little bit forward. They go to Bernie's house and she's got a Charlie Day wall. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. With all the 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 string tied together, she has been ruminating on this for the last year. But somehow she's too stupid to realize that it's the most obvious person. Right. Um, which is Henry Waters, <laughs> the guy who owns um, all the businesses and has all the <laughs> that, that she's been killing the people that owned. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, she's like, yeah. And even Bernie's like the one that's like he's killing the children and the owners of all the businesses on main street and then when he's like do you think it's maybe the guy who owns all the businesses now and bernie's like wait a second like that's super it's so dumb (laughs) um but the angel shows up and it's funny because they're like there's a quick hot second where bernie thinks that maybe winnie's the killer Mm -hmm. because you're the one who knows all this and that which kind of like that stands to reason a little bit. Right. But then, but then the angel just like busts through the window, like Michael Myers, like, ha ha, I'm going to try to kill you. <laughs> and then they escape so easily. Yeah. Like they just walk into town and they're like, oh, he gave up. And then now they're having fun. And Bernie has fully been convinced that Winnie is telling the truth about the alternate reality and she lives in an alternate reality where Bernie never or where Winnie never existed. And she explains it by saying that like, well, what you saw that you wished upon with the Northern lights was like really rare. So like, obviously that's what happened and she's fully convinced. And this is what I mean by like, things aren't really earned. They're just like, 
written into the script and forced down our throats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Aurora thing is eh, it's whatever. Like, it's just a device. It's just a way to get you there. Uh, I, I guess if there was a wishing it's just star. It's lazy. It's so lazy. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, it's not that much different from a wishing star. And just, uh, like, I don't know. But if this was a dumb. Ch- so my point is, yeah, wishing stars are okay in dumb baby movies for dumb babies. Yeah. And we've already established this is for dumb babies and dog brain boomers <laughs> to watch with you. Like it's something yeah, I agree. It's, it's something to get the whole family on. This movie is a movie you put on at like two, three in the afternoon when everybody can have a cheese board and get into drinking. <laughs> you know, you yeah. start you start getting a little drinks in you. You watch a movie that's just a couple two, three drinks. Yeah. yeah. You watch something that's straight down the middle. This is for all the kids. This is for everybody. You know, even grandma can kind of turn it on as long as she doesn't get mad at gay people. She'll like it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now nah, this is going to piss grandma off because yeah. the gays. But I will I will um, mention. So the, the Aurora thing is blah, whatever. However, also in the scene is like Bernie and Winnie are like sitting in the movie theater. And this is the first time we like really interact with Bernie. And like she starts giving Winnie fuck me eyes. And I was like, wait, is she, are they, wait, are they going for this or what? Cause <laughs> yeah, it was ambiguous. And I kind of even liked that a little bit yeah. because like they didn't, they didn't do Burger King kids club shit and they left it a little ambiguous of like, cause you could tell Bernie was into Winnie, but you couldn't tell if Winnie was into Bernie. Right. You know, which, which I was like, oh, that's kind of, I liked that ambiguity, ambiguity. Mm hmm. Yeah, because yes. you didn't know you knew Winnie dated bull. You know, you knew Winnie at least was dating a guy, but then she had kind of come to this place of peace with the end of her relationship with this guy. So you're like, oh, well, maybe she's bi or maybe she's open to other things or whatever. So like I kind of this was honestly one of the few plot points that I was like, oh, that was actually done kind of yeah. gracefully. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I, yeah, I just I wanted to point out a good point, even though there's also a yeah. bad point in the same. The I guess yeah. something maybe they could have done earlier in the film is like, you know, like we mentioned, like Robbie winds up having sex with this other chick. There's right. and it's kind of alluded to, but not enough because Winnie is introduced as this goody two shoe who doesn't even say fuck. They they should have also peppered in something about how like her and Robbie have never done anything more than like kiss. Yeah. Cause then, so, so that, that would have gave you Winnie's gay vibes earlier. Yeah. Or, or just, and then you would have cared. Yeah. Or it, it would have, what it would have done is given you the vibes that, Oh, she's a goody two shoe who doesn't fuck. But then you'll realize later, Oh, it's cause she was gay. Not cause she's a goody two shoe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they did that in a roundabout way, but I feel like some of the subtlety of that might have got edited out, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But like, that's actually the only thing I liked is like yeah. the the Bernie, Bernie. And I keep saying Birdie because I'm thinking of Birdie from McDonald land. <laughs> um, but Bernie and 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 Winnie relationship is really the only thing you gave a little bit of a shit about. Mm-hmm. And actually the performer and I didn't I didn't look up her name who plays Bernie is Canadian. I, I actually wish is she? 
um, yeah. Bernie Simon, Jess uh, McLeod. Yeah. I wish she was the main character in this movie. I wish she was the protagonist. Yeah. Because she just was better, a better actor and better performer and more charming and entertaining and uh, I don't know, just better, a better performer Mm -hmm. i wish she would have been the main protagonist instead of um jane wincoop um windop i'm sorry (laughs) yeah wincoop whatever um was a wincoop brewing company who i think is defunct now (laughs) anyway um so that yeah i mean you know spoiler alert but that they end up together and that's that's the only thing that's like kind of i don't know slightly interesting or like at least that you're kind of rooting for from a emotional standpoint um they sleep in the theater all night like they fall asleep and stay there in the theater all night and then they work up they i'm sorry they wake up and then bernie has done a bunch of research over the like throughout the night to prove that her theory around the aurora borealis was accurate and that it's fading away and that she'll be stuck there if Winnie does like Bernie knows the rules, she knows all the rules in the morning. Mm-hmm. If Winnie doesn't kill the angel who she assumes is Henry, by the time the Aurora Borealis fades away in this area, then she's going to be stuck in this area, this environment forever. And this is the first time you feel anything for any character because you're like, oh, well, her goal is at odds with what you want Bernie as, as a fan of Bernie because Bernie mm-hmm. wants her to stay there because they're friends or romantic partners or something but she wants to get back but bernie doesn't want her to get back but she wants to help her so now there's a conflict emotional conflict so you're like that's the first thing i've cared about at all in this movie but it's based on some real dumb shit that bernie just imagined while everybody was sleeping um but they go to winnie's house and she's i mean immediately convinces her aunt that she's that her whole story is true about the I was ever born and all this stuff because she tells her an embarrassing story about a thong or something, which is like, fine, whatever. Okay, fine. But now the dad is like, you are talking about my dead uh, son and you were never born. And also, we haven't talked about Jimmy, her brother. Jimmy was gay and they do this, this very shoehorned Jimmy is gay stuff early on in the movie. We've gone way past it, but before Jimmy gets saved by Winnie and now we learn in this alternate environment, alternate reality, Jimmy was killed. The, the mom, David's wife, who they kind of vaguely insinuate is not their real mom, but they never get into it. Um, (laughs) Like, it seems like that got left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. It's like, my gay son, I'm so proud of him. And he even is like putting a rainbow ornament on the tree. And they're like, oh, mom, cool it. Uh, yeah, we're I'm gay, but you don't have to make a big deal out of it. But the movie is making a big deal out of it because then they also like show him kissing his boyfriend in an inconsequential scene. Well, like, it's not even his boyfriend because I also think he was hitting on Buck in the first scene. Maybe, yes. He's flirting yeah. at least Jimmy's, with Buck. Jimmy's just a guy slut. <laughs> Jimmy's just Jimmy's just trying to get down, which is fine. Jimmy's like the star quarterback on the football team. Right. And Jimmy is like 
young he's he's hot boy on campus and he's trying to fuck fine jimmy do your thing but this is the thing is like they're so adamant about showing how gay jimmy is and how it it just again it's the burger king kids club syndrome where it's just like fine if jimmy's gay that's great but like now you 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 understand that it feels disingenuous that you're so focused on his sexuality when that never really was part of the story. It has nothing to do with the story at all. Yeah. It's nothing to do with the story, but you're so as a, as a script, so fixated on Jimmy's sexuality that it feels the whole thing feels disingenuous. It feels like you're doing representation for the sake of representation, which is just so at odds with the spirit of the genre, I guess is what I ultimately Mm -hmm. mean to say. Like, I want that to be the thing, but like you understand that if you, put it out there in the way that you did it doesn't doesn't feel like it's i guess representation is representation Mm -hmm. i guess but it's also like guys you just seem like it seems like that meme of you know steve brashemi coming in and going Hello, fellow teenagers. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hello, just feel, fellow that's what homosexuals. Like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys, you guys like other boys, eh? Me too, skateboard over shoulder. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's interesting because honestly, it feels like you kind of get like the three different stages of like, of representation in this film because so Aunt Gail and Karen are just there. You know, yeah. that like, and they're a married older couple. Yeah, so they're they're just there. It's just the way things are. It's not something that's harped on one way or another. Mm-hmm. Winnie has like a progressing, genuine, earned relationship that bears on the story because her interaction with Bernie eventually saves Bernie and everything. So it's like it it, it you know the way they relate to each other is important. Because it's important for the end of the movie. Jimmy is just there to just be gay. (laughs) Yeah. Jimmy is 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 gay quarterback brother who everybody mourns. That's it. He almost doesn't play a care. His character has a bearing on other things. But him as a character kind of doesn't matter that much. And like and also like his homosexuality doesn't have a bearing because it doesn't do anything for Winnie as uh, as a queer character no it really doesn't um it's just like uh, yeah I, I i don't know and I, I almost was like what are they trying to say that like obviously there's there's a disproportionate amount of queer characters in this family mm-hmm. were they trying to say something there i don't know of That's... like the i i didn't know i honestly i don't know yeah that's the other thing is like it, it can wind up going so far the other way that it reads bad as like that's what i'm saying is it's like oh they just have like this whole family's gay like yeah. is that what you're trying to say yeah. like i don't know what you're trying to say <laughs> you just this was this house was had black mold so everyone's gay yeah you know what I mean? like is that what you're trying to say because it seems they weird the whole they thing didn't have the weird. right christmas spirit so they're all gay <laughs> Like, no, that's not that's not that's not the moral we should be telling. You guys didn't pray enough. So your kids were ended up gay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I that's that's what I mean. It's just like I I don't know what they're trying to say. And it could be good or not. Not good. I don't don't know. Yeah. Um, It's just the whole thing just seems so like shoehorned, I guess, is what I mean to say. Yeah. Um, If if just 
just eliminate Jimmy's sexuality completely because it doesn't have bearing on the story. It doesn't have bearing on other characters. It doesn't characters. matter at all. We all, yeah, just let they him were like, be. Gay guys can be athletes too. And you're like, yeah, I, fine. We, that's, you didn't have to, like, they were like, he's, but he scored six touchdowns one time and he's gay. <laughs> and we're like, fine. What okay. What? Okay. Why do we care about that? It doesn't have any bearing on the story. Honestly, it just, if, it just, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they wanted like if they wanted to kind of go out of the way for like a different representation, they should have made him a furry. (laughs) Yeah, just go like, yeah, just go like completely opposite. If it's like if it's if truly the story is like you can't, you know, uh, judge a book by its color type of situation or by its cover situation. And it's like, oh, you know, he's Mr. Popular in school. And then he's actually into like something that's slightly more subversive. Like that would have been cool. I would have been all about that. But instead it's just like gay guys can score touchdowns too. Yeah. (laughs) It just seems so babyish and dumb. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Anyway. um, So I'm confused. And this is actually one of the low points of the movie for this, for me. Uh, Joe jo McHale, which is who plays the dad to the daughter who never existed. He it never quite communicates that she's a stranger to him. It always feels like he kind of knows who she is. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, get out of my house because you don't exist because the script told me you don't exist, but <laughs> the character kind of seems like I know you exist. And like, cause like he's willing to give her audience in scenarios where you would never in a bajillion years, give a stranger insights no. to, or audience on the topics you're talking about. So it's just to say unearned is like almost an understatement. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Really? Yeah. When he's doing his Bob Cratchit routine, up in his office and he yeah. let, and he lets her come in and sit down rather than just saying get the fuck out of my office what are you doing here who are you yeah. if some stranger came in to like i'm sitting in my office right now upstairs right and i'm just if some stranger came in and was like i need to talk to you about your dead child i'd be like i, I i'm gonna first of all i i'm i might actually just physically beat the shit out of you yeah. but also i'm somebody already called the cops the cops are on the way and i'm probably have my like knee on your throat yeah (laughs) it's time for like ops arrive (laughs) but uh, but no she's like well okay if you want to talk about my murdered gay quarterback son who scored six touchdowns (laughs) (laughs) it's just the whole thing's like there's too much disbelief to suspend here for me yeah and and that's the other thing is like it just it's they just make everything so simple because the mom at this point is also just like, like some drugged up, like floozy. She's just like banging randos in the town for drugs. And well, and she's like, yeah, she's eating sleeping pills and chugging wine and like yeah. banging a bunch of people like guys that are half her age. It's very weird. The the whole like disjointed dream house of what's happening is just like it feels more Christmas Carol than it does. It's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's like tiny Tim is dead, but in this scenario, instead of tiny Tim being dead in the ghost of Christmas future, it's mom's addicted to pills and wine is banging dudes on the side. Yeah. 
and dad's like too much for cock to <laughs> deal with it or something. I don't know. <laughs> like it's, it's so th- th- there's a there's a Batman Flash comic book called Flashpoint where okay. the Flash it's kind of like what the movie's based on too, but like the Flash goes back in time and he changes things and then the time period he comes back to Oh, because he fucking runs around the world in the other direction. Right. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like the time he comes back to is like completely just out of out of control. Like it's a time where Batman never exactly existed, where Bruce Wayne is the one who gets shot in the alley. So mm. his dad becomes Batman and then his mom becomes the Joker. And then like the entire town, his is, mom becomes the Joker. Yeah. Wow, that sounds interesting, actually. And then like the, the, the entire city is in ruins and like Batman carries guns and shoots people. And like, so it's this extreme exaggerated version that we're getting of mm-hmm. like mom's all pilled up and dad who we now find out is the also an angel. And is doing yes. doing the killing, and so like that, that yeah, that's what he, made me think of like this Batman story of like oh yeah now Joel McHale is like the full villain and he's doing kills. <laughs> yeah, he's like so like yeah I mean fast forward but like she accidentally says dad which gets him all pissed which kind of suggests that he thinks like maybe he knows her world on some level but he doesn't and then he comes downstairs and like mom quit banging all these people and don't and gail's aunt gail's like don't take any more pills and she's like i'm gonna do whatever i want and he's gonna go outside whenever and then he goes outside and comes back in and then she gets killed and Mm -hmm. you're like oh he's obviously the the fucking angel like it couldn't be more obvious at this point and i was almost at this point like ooh, maybe they're gonna do a, a, a double switch and like they're leading you to believe that but that's not actually true but no it's this movie's not that clever it's it's exactly what's happening um so dad is 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 obviously joel McHale. david is obviously the angel at this point and winnie apparently has superhuman strength because she is the only one who can just like apparently beat the shit out of the killer no matter who it is and everyone <laughs> else is just at it's 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 whim um, and she knocks him down the stairs. And they do this whole like not at all funny scene where they like um, have to step over him at the bottom of the stairs. They unmask him and it's dad as as we all expected, which I was like I said, I was watching this with Kate and she was very confused because when they unmasked Joel McHale, she was like, oh, who's that? And I was like, that's Joel McHale. And she was like. No, it's not. And like something about the way he was laying, she was like, I thought that was like, um, I thought he was Mexican. I was like, who's that guy? And I was like, no, it's Joel McHale. And she was like, it just threw her for a loop. And and I was making fun of her a lot. And we were, we were, yeah, it was uh, for some reason, just like whatever or something about the lay. And I think what it was is he was laying down and like, he's, you know, Joel McHale's fucking I don't know how old he is. He's got to be pushing 50 years old at this point. He's a, right? Yeah, he's easily in his mid 40s. Yeah. Yeah, he's an older gentleman. Not older. He's a middle aged gentleman. And something about the way his neck was like pushed up, it was like very unflattering. <laughs> and Kate didn't even recognize him and it threw her for a loop. And so he, so that makes him Mexican, it. though. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's also like the lighting was weird. She, he looked swarthy to her. I don't know. Anyway, so we learned that he was the one that killed. Karen a year ago they immediately f- figure everything out Waters did the first killing 
but now dad's been killing for him because dad, aka David, is water is is Henry Waters, you know, little stooge. So he's been doing it for him since then. And then apparently the Aurora is gonna fade away tonight, which we don't we don't know why, but we know it. We know the this is the last night. So they have to kill dad, aka Joel McHale, tonight. Or else we're going to get stuck in this alternate universe. And it's like, we just took all that for granted, even though this is all just at the very best hunches from the weird girl that we just became friends with five seconds ago. Um, so they set up a whole trap for him at the theater, which he walks right into. Like they literally put on the on the marquee, like, come over, killer. We're ready for getting killed. <laughs> and then they show up. And um, and then, uh, you know, there is a little bit of red hair and uh, like a misdirect, not even red hair, misdirect where it's like Robbie, who was Winnie's boyfriend in the alternate reality and Darla and they are whatever they get killed. The only cool scene here is that. Um, well, so Gail gets killed, Aunt Gail gets killed and then the killer, you know, shuts off the lights and then you get this kind of slightly cool thing where like the photo flashing because she wanted to be a big time picture lady and she didn't get into picture college. Mm -hmm. So now she's taking pictures with her camera as a light source and you're seeing the murders, especially of, of the boyfriend and the boyfriend's new girlfriend in the snaps of the, of, of, of the flash, which was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. It looked cool. It was all right. Um, It was, it, it reminded me of like they, they do a similar scene in your next where where the basement. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, not even similar. The exact same thing. I forgot about that. Yeah, basic, about that yeah, like basically the exact too. same thing. And but like that's my that's my problem is like in your next. They just let it be the camera flashes, whereas there's yeah. there's editing to put in um, maybe just like understanding of the space into mm-hmm. into this scene here but they they just yeah. don't let it be a full experimental scene of the camera flash yeah. being the only illumination so i was just kind of like eh it's all right but it's i don't know it's it's clunky it's more clunky than your next so it's like when your next I, does it better eh i don't eh. <laughs> I, I would agree it's like i'm i'm actually kind of drawing I'm kind of grabbing at straws right now to find <laughs> things I like about this. Um, so they 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 kill dad in in essentially, uh, you know, the way you would kill somebody in Age of Empires, where you just like put up a spike and they run into it um, and he kills him and ah, dad's killed, whatever. Birdie reveals at this point that she was gonna kill herself. Um, but that now Winnie has shown her that her life is worth something. And that would have been that kind of a cool uh, switch if they wouldn't have so explicitly just laid it out so much so as Birdie says, I wasn't Clarence, you were. And it's like, God fucking damn it, guys. (laughs) <laughs> like have some have some respect for your audience yeah. a little bit <laughs> to know that they probably have seen it's a wonderful life and understand 
you've already done one cute little switch them up. Understand that we can figure out the switch them up without you fucking spelling it out for us. It's just like it's just to say on the nose is an understatement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when they spell it out like that, it's like you just took the wind out of your own sails so fucking hard. But um, now they're like, oh, you killed your dad and that didn't help. So that must mean we have to kill Henry Waters. Um, and there was a really a, another painfully bad moment that really hammered home how little they think of their audience, <laughs> which is after this moment, when she basically says to the Aurora Borealis, uh, uh, what, I, I did what you wanted. Uh, help me out. And she says, and Bernie says, well, now we must kill Waters, and they agree on that. Or maybe they don't say it at that point, but they kind of look at each other, and there's some uh, uh, assumption that, like, oh, maybe we still have to kill Waters. That that could potentially be part of the mystery that we're trying to solve, the, the cosmic mystery we're part of here. They actually have a scene where Winnie... I can't remember. It might be Winnie or Bernie or both have their back to the camera, and one of them goes... We need to kill Waters. And it's dubbed over. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, guys, <laughs> guys, guys. Just the whole thing. And, and this is what I mean when I'm saying like, because we we jokingly use the phrase like, this is a, a dumb movie for dumb babies, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Which it is off the bat. Right, but yeah. this is like a total lack of respect for the audience. Yeah. I, it just, just even the fact that they're like... They had to question it because it was it was all the always the original intention that you had to kill Henry Waters like yeah. Henry Waters. Was, Everyone knew that. Yeah. Henry Waters was the killer. So it's. Yeah. Did he add Joel McHale as an accomplice? Yes. But you still have to kill the original guy who ruins the fucking town. You have to fight the bad guy. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. We all know this. <laughs> um, but Henry, uh, th- this this scene is really the low point of the whole movie. Henry, this is Justin Long's character once again, is in front of the whole town. And it's it's confusing and lazy in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So he's holding this. I guess Christmas Eve vigil kind of, I don't know this ceremony with what feels like throughout the whole movie, a pretty empty town. Yeah. So that's what also makes me feel like it's a Hallmark Christmas movie because the Hallmark Christmas movies very rarely feel occupied. (laughs) Right. So now we're here and we're in the center of town And you've got Henry Waters, his wife, who barely plays a part in the movie. And then you have his couple of goons, which could not be less threatening and couldn't be more ineffectual standing there. And then they have this group of people and the 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 the. the, uh, Not audience, but the crowd we've come to realize are essentially like just a bunch of like they're really trying to communicate them as like 
drug addicts, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, they're like, you know, meth heads, whatever, or or heroin addicts, something. They're like zombies. And they even call them, what do they call them? Not zombies, but uh uh they use the ter- they use a very specific term uh, several times. I'm forgetting it at the moment. Drones. 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 They yeah, call yeah. they call yeah, they call them drones. And you're just like, what are you trying to communicate? Okay. So she's they're standing on stage and she's and he's like, Well, we got a real family situation, you know, hey, we got a, you know, uh, a problem on our hands, whatever. And he's got Buck, who's the mayor on stage and Henry in an enormous escalation stabs his brother, Buck, the sheriff (laughs) up through the chin, through his head with a knife Yeah, in front of the quote unquote entire town, which actually is like 40 what look like unhoused people Mm -hmm. (laughs) but with glowing blue eyes yeah so now what you thought was a um quote-unquote drone you know which were people that have just been kind of tricked by henry waters are now actual like zombies maybe actually hypnotized hypnotized is probably a better way of explaining what they look like and Henry is on stage and kills his brother in cold blood in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. This is an enormous departure from anything that has happened at this point. Yeah, this it's movie gets like this movie tries to touch on the absurd and the surreal, but it never goes far enough. Well, that's what I said. Yeah, you're uh, that's exactly what I was about to say, because I'm going this is kind of fun. I mean, surface level, what I just explained might be fun, but it's not because they never go far enough. They never go, oh, no, he actually hypnotized people. And now everyone's a zombie. And now they've got to fight their way through a zombie horde or something like that would have been like eh, whatever. But it would have been like, oh, OK, I'm on board. I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. But no, that's not what happens. What happens is um, blue eyed, maybe in drug addicts or maybe they're just hypnotized by him. It's never explained, but they're all just kind of in the periphery while he murders someone on stage. And then they never really play a role until a very specific point. And then nothing actually really happens with them. I'll explain what I mean. Henry kills Buck in front of the whole town. Like we just said. And then they're raising the dead killer in the angel costume to the top of the tree where the angel would be. Well, but apparently, well, no, it's Buck that's in the costume. They dress Buck up as the angel and they're raising him that fast. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, see, that's how clunky this is, is I missed that. I thought they were raising David to the top of the tree. No, I'm pretty sure they're raising realize who killed them. So they put Buck in the costume that fast and am raising him to the top of the tree. But to what end? As like as like this is the new tradition. This is the new sacrifice. That's why that's why like I like the idea of this whole town going into this weird, bizarre 
stretch of like now they're just like sacrificing people at Christmas. Yeah, that would have been cool if we went straight up some weird old god shit or something. Like that would have been fine. Yeah. Like they're they're but doing I was so lost in what they were trying to accomplish. Like this is your one wicker man shit is what they're up to. Yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. But like, yeah, it's it's but- it's so clunky and so out of nowhere. Aside from the other like little bits of absurdity that we've gotten, um, mm-hmm. there's a movie that I talked about, uh, which I'm getting reminded of a lot in comparison because it's a better movie. But the uh, comedy Bottoms, have you heard of that? Uh, it sounds vaguely familiar, but no, it's no, it, no, it's I'm new not. and it's about uh, it's about like these two girls in high school who they're it, it's basically like an American Pie sex comedy. But like these mm-hmm. two girls in high school start a fight club to so they can like hit on chicks like they're they, they start a fight club to fuck other girls. It's you know, it's funny. <laughs> OK, but like the world they live in is so absurd and dubious and like shit is just on the nose. Hilarious. And like, yeah, that movie does what this movie feels like it wants to do better. So like in the yeah. in the time. I, while we're talking, I also was reading something else. I was reading from the writer of this film. Okay. And this kind of goes back to like the representation and stuff. And I think maybe this will give us a better understanding of like what was being attempted on the character of Jimmy. He said he, he, uh, Jimmy was who he wanted it to be because it's like a self insert. Like the writer of this film is gay and he was also okay. an athlete. So like Jimmy was a self insert. And then every, okay. everybody else being gay is... That's not an excuse for a character that doesn't make sense in the context of the story. <laughs> it's not an excuse, but it's just a self-insert. But like, yeah, what he was attempting was he says, there was a part of me that thought of this was the ultimate satirization of the Hallmark film because he wanted to make a bunch of people gay because those Hallmark films are so straight. And, yeah. and so I think well, it's like that would have been more poignant five years ago before they started making gay Hallmark films. So now there's a bunch of gay Hallmark films. OK, I wasn't I'm not, not aware not of a that bunch. But. Well, not a bunch. So here's the thing. It's like and this is for you to not be in the inner like the inner sanctum of Hallmark movies. Here's what <laughs> happened. And this is actually very interesting. And, and you're going to piss yourself a little bit, I think. OK, so. Hallmark movies are notoriously heteronormative, like the most straight things of all time. Right. right? In recent years, they have started. So like a a handful, maybe a decade ago, I don't know. They started making more diverse ones, like specifically with like black protagonists and and cast and stuff like that. Right. And then everybody was like, oh, okay, you're being a little more inclusive, whatever. Well, a few years ago, and I'm just going to say a few because I don't know exactly when, but a few years ago, they started making some more um, or I guess less heteronormative ones. Right. So they started making ones with like gay or um, what or, or other characters involved with them. And some of the ultra right wing fucking psycho like. Candace Cameron Berg mm-hmm. and 
the the actress who played Winnie Cooper. Speaking of it, really? So this was so this has to be a reference because oh. the character's name's Winnie in this. Oh, and okay. I never, I didn't even make the connection till now, which seems makes me feel very stupid because Winnie from the Wonder Years, yeah. Winnie was in a is in a few years ago was in. 30 to 40% of the Hallmark Christmas movies as a romantic lead. Okay. And her and Cameron Cameron Berg. Cameron. Cameron. Candace Cameron Cameron Berg. Berg. Yeah. Whatever her fucking name is. Who cares? It's a hockey player. That's why I know it. She blows. Her and Winnie Cooper left and went over to some ultra right wing conservative bullshit family time USA station. Uh Uh-huh. Because they were basically protesting the gayness on oh, that Hallmark okay. was trying to bring in. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew that's why her name is Winnie. That's got to uh, okay. be. Yeah. Because I knew like Candace Cameron was like super right wing and everything. I didn't know that she had moved on to a new channel because of that. But um, yeah, it's called like straight white USA, like or whatever the fucking great American family channel, channel according to Dan. <laughs> yes oh my god how i mean that's even more on the nose Ugh. than what i just oh my said god. yeah it's so disgusting yeah so like these fucking right-wing fucking bigot shit birds all went over there and and then that that's why her name is winnie i mean it has to be probably right? probably yeah so yeah and and that's the next line in this interview with the writer of the film he says like the straight hallmark film or maybe the candace cameron network is what he says um okay but then he says, you know, what he's saying is like, these movies are so straight and so heteronormative. I thought, let's do the opposite. And it's like, as a queer person, if I have the ability, I'm going to do it. I was like, if I can put six queer characters on a movie, let's do that. No one can stop me. So that's mm-hmm. cool. But if you're. That is fun. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's cool if that's what you want to do. And my point would be is just like, if you're trying to make a parody of those films, make way, way more people gay. Well, make everyone gay and also like just make it more surface level hallmarky mm-hmm. because like it's just like you, you real you had a great idea that I genuinely love like to be transgressive and make a queer hallmark movie like an ultra ultra over the top queer hallmark movie yeah. is fucking great. Right. I think that's that that's that sounds so fucking sick. But you fucking pulled up. You just mm-hmm. pulled up. You, you know, you had Joel McHale and and Justin Long and whoever. Not to say that that's what influenced it, but you you were leaning in and then you fucking pulled back on the reins. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it didn't land. It definitely wouldn't have been Justin Long causing them to pull up because he's played one of the greatest gay characters ever in the Kevin Smith films. So like that's true. I'm not saying I'm not saying yeah. it was those characters who yeah. did it, but I'm just like once you start getting more money involved, now you have more cooks in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and 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 ultimately, what I mean to say is they, no matter what you, you can't deny they pulled up. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's and it, and, that, and and for that reason, it didn't land. Yeah. The whole thing didn't fucking land. And that's and that's what I'm getting at is is overall like overall they didn't go far enough with anything. They didn't go far enough mm-hmm. on the kills. They didn't go far enough with this absurdity of like how the the alternate dimension should be um, like it's kind of absurd. And then like this last scene is crazy, but it doesn't make a whole it's lot of sense. Super, super 
like ultra queer Christmas horror movie is the fucking best thing I ever heard in my life. Right. Like that sounds so much fun. Yes. Fucking that that sounds so much fun. Like have Ty West host like have Ty West direct the gayest Christmas horror movie of all time. Yeah. I'm there. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking all for it. This just felt like they pulled up so hard. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because I mean, like there's there's a whole like there's just even though that we have representation of a gay character, a lesbian couple, and then I guess maybe a bi character in Winnie, like we yeah. could have there, there's just so much more to the spectrum. You could do so many. Like I said, like, yeah, include a furry character, include, you know, a character who does drag, do like everything, do everything to piss yeah. off. You know, yeah, everyone's uncles. Yeah. Like, yeah, just piss off your uncle. Yeah. In every sense in the word. Yeah. yeah. Do it all. This- <laughs> make everybody uncomfortable. That's what it <laughs> should be. Like, that's how you make a piece of art is you make people uncomfortable. Bring the fucking Boulay brothers in. Yes. Like, just go yes. So You're on the same the fucking network. <laughs> yeah. Bring them over. Like, just make everyone's uncle so uncomfortable. But anyway, so here's the laziness of the climactic scene, which I was just like, uh, it's just so at odds with the most fun, over the top, transgressive queer horror that I've seen. Like, I, I keep saying knife plus heart, but like, I fucking love that movie. And it's just such a great example of like just some going over the top. They do this whole scene where like just Winnie and Birdie just like beat the shit out of henry waters justin long's character Mm -hmm. on stage while everyone just stands there and watches and then they stab him and he just like puts up zero fight and and the town just like exits their trance but but and then grabs him but you never really see the ramifications of that and then winnie says she wants she you know she was there to help birdie and then they kind, then they like kiss, and then she wakes up, and she's getting the present she wanted. She gets a camera, and but she's still wearing the the fucking pink workout clothes. So it's like, did that happen or did it not happen? Whatever, you can be ambiguous. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But literally, all the there is a there's a thirty second span, and I'm not even saying thirty seconds of dialogue. I'm saying thirty seconds of screen time where every single thing that happened in the movie gets solved Mm -hmm. and really it gets solved in 12 to 15 seconds of dialogue. And it's just so lazy and dumb and bad. Yeah. The the turn of the parents is so bad. Like, Hey, we're sorry. We ignored you. And then here's your camera. And then, okay, bye. And then hello movie house. And then Bernie. It's like, yeah, (laughs) it's the whole, it is the I'm okay. Like, don't belabor. Don't do the thing that the magic, the magic puppy, aka Halloween oh, puppy God. adventure, aka <laughs> whatever magic puppy or whatever. <laughs> well, you know when they did that, where they took thirty seconds to explain why the puppy wasn't there anymore, or not thirty seconds, took like three minutes yeah, to explain that was a why long the puppy was there. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Who cares? That didn't need to be there." Okay, they did the exact opposite, where it's like everything that happened gets solved in. 20 seconds yeah and it's just so it's just there. there's a middle ground right yeah yeah there's there's a middle ground to it and and it's also just again i feel like it's they're trying to be quick and silly because hallmark movies do that 
but yeah yeah i i get it that's that's my only note that maybe is forgiving around that is like that's what happens in hallmark movies so fine that's yeah. what happens here but the the you have to have the emotional climax of the movie mm-hmm. which in the hallmark movies is oh uh, this guy or girl it could be the protagonist or her love interest but she or he were going to do business in the place where she doesn't want business to happen mm. so we're mad about it but ultimately that gets resolved but there is a climactic moment where they kiss and all this sort of thing this gets kind of fucking sidetracked because Winnie wakes up and it's oh it's Christmas morning so it's a little Ebenezer Scroogey like oh it's Christmas morning what day is it today blah 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 yeah. there's a little bit of that but okay fine Winnie remembers Bernie oh my god Bernie she was gonna kill herself I hope she doesn't kill herself so she starts running down the street to save Bernie and this would have been a great opportunity for us to go like because the only character we care about is Bernie mm-hmm. any and no one cares about anybody in this movie right. except for Bernie so you're like damn I really hope Bernie doesn't kill herself that'd be pretty much a, a pretty big bummer right but as she's running down the street to, to because she remembers Bernie she does a whole George Bailey bit yeah hello about like it's the movie oh, house hello old building and loan yeah the <laughs> whole fucking thing and you're like why are you happy you're scared that your love you, the, your love interest killed themselves yeah well but, but you're having a fun old christmas morning now i guess i don't know see that's what's confusing again they've they've muddled up what the character motivations are so in the alternate dimension bernie actually was going to kill herself and that's also because like her family's dead and everything. Yeah. So you're like, OK, maybe in this world she doesn't want to kill herself. Right. Fine. But why does Winnie act like, oh, my God, Bernie jump up, jumps over the back of the couch with some sense of urgency. But then five seconds later, the sense of urgency has gone. Yeah. And she's hello, old building alone. Yeah. You know, she's doing the whole thing. And it's like pick one or the other. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't think about I actually wasn't I don't know. You're making me think about it because I didn't think about it at the time because everything was just happening so fast. And I was like, yeah, OK, let's, uh, let's see. Let's this was the first part in the movie I cared about anything. Yeah. So I was like, oh, hope Bernie <laughs> didn't kill herself. Well, yeah. And that would be cool if they landed up because because Kate was like, no, they were holding hands in the theater so there was something romantic going on there and i was like uh, i don't think so i think they were just being silly friends yeah and kate was like no they were definitely romantic and i was like mm. and then when they kissed before the whole and then i was like oh okay you're right they were romantic mm-hmm. so now we want them to have a romantic ending right and then when it's wake up oh i hope my girlfriend didn't kill herself i'm like oh now i care literally for the first time in the whole movie (laughs) and then and then she's running down the street to her ex-boyfriend going you guys are actually really cute together i'm like god and i'm just like Ah. bitch why do you care about them when you're the your actual you you got places to be have killed herself you know what i mean (laughs) but see that's the thing Uh, i think it's a flip of the coin because because the motivation is muddy it's a flip of the coin yeah. whether or not you thought that because I wasn't thinking yeah. about did Bernie kill herself because I just assumed because we're back in the other dimension she wasn't suicidal she was just an outcast 
You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, so I so, guess so. But I like, think why was there a sense of urgency initially then? Just to go see her. Cause like, I think we're both, I guess, I think we're both right. It's just a flip of the yeah. coin, whether or not you thought about that or not. Like, well, I yeah. think we're both right in this because it's not that strongly written, but like, yeah, she, it, it's urgency to go see Bernie. And then it's like, you don't know if Bernie remembers anything. You don't know what, you know, anything means, but like still Bernie is an outcast in this universe. So Winnie still wants to do her best to get back to Bernie and like interact with her. Yeah. I mean, I get that. And I would have agreed with you until she opens up the door. Yeah. Because when she opens up the door, Bernie basically, so she sees Bernie and she's like, Oh, I don't remember what she says, but she expresses some relief that she's not dead. Yes. Yes. And then that's when I'm like, oh, no, she was worried she had killed herself. See that like, yeah, I was on board at that point, but I hadn't thought about it until then. So everything else about the movie house and shit, I was just like, oh, they're just doing silly reference, whatever. You know, I get it. And then, yeah, because she's like, oh, you didn't kill yourself. And then Bernie, you know, replies with. What are you doing here? Batch. <laughs> well, then she she will. And then Bernie plays a silly trick. Yeah. Where she pretends she doesn't remember the whole thing, but then reveals that she's does remember. And she was there. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. Which is um, which is fine. I like that. I mean, if you that's fine. Yeah. But like maybe I don't know. Suicide just <laughs> seems a little bit bleaker than maybe what you guys are all letting on. Here. Yeah. It was, it was, um, it was a bit much. It was, a, and you know, like now thinking back about it, that is a silly juxtaposition to do the wonderful life stuff and, you know, do the, do the couple resolution, you know, while well, we're on our way to suicide. <laughs> well, because I mean, that was a theme in the original movie. It, mm. It's a wonderful life. The whole idea is like George Bailey's kind of thinking about killing himself. Right. Like, that's how that's why everyone talks about how that like people who don't like that movie. I love that movie. People who don't like that movie talk about how depressing it is. Mm. It's because George Bailey was going to ki- maybe kill himself. Right. You know, so it is there's suicide involved. So it's it's pretty fucking heavy. Um, so I understand that they wanted to, like, respect that heaviness. But just this movie doesn't earn it. No. So it feels so off. Um, anyway, it is what it is. Um I, I think what I can tell we've talked about this movie for a long time, yeah. but it's actually more fun to talk about than I expected. I, I feel like we've come closer to a middle point yeah. because like I feel like you had this movie at like a six or a seven and I had this movie at like a three or four and now we've both come to a five. Yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> had it like a six, six and a half because I was just like, ah, it's yeah. just a, like a funny, silly movie. But like now um, I had it like, yeah, I honestly I had it probably like a three and a half, four. Yeah. And now I, I I feel like we've come together as a as, as a bit of a five, which is guys, it's the meaning of Christmas. I feel like we've we've discovered the whole full meaning of Christmas. Here. <laughs> the meaning of but, Christmas um, is mid. <laughs> the mid. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is mid and Christmas was Christmas is written by dumb babies for dumb babies. <laughs> That's pretty much what it comes out to. Um but you know, it it wasn't without fun, right? right? I mean, the whole thing had some fun to it. Um but it's just like it's poor it's not even poorly written. It's just like 
written without really much care. And then also there's quite a bit of shitty acting and directing, but it's not like for lack of an ability, it's more of a lack of like this movie doesn't, we're just not going to give this movie that much effort. Yeah. So the writer of the film only has like four credits to his name. I've never seen the TV show border town. And then he has the 2020 film freaky, which was, uh, Vince Vaughn doing the freaky Friday swap for a slasher. I remember when that came out, but that's it. Yeah. So like, you know, and then it's a wonderful knife. So like his credits aren't that deep. Uh, and then the director, Tyler McIntyre, like I already mentioned his film tragedy girls deals with a lot of the same stuff, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just better. And also like there's some real extreme imagery in that film too. I, I didn't mention that at all yet. I I just completely. Rem- so it's worth it's worth seeing. I think I think it's worth seeing. I think it's a I think it's a lot better film than this. Um, mm-hmm. This feels this feels like it was a fun idea that was hastily slapped together. To that was my very last sentence. Was this was re felt really slapped together? Yeah. I actually used that phrase. My very last note. Yeah, because like they're, they're the elements are there and. Mm-hmm. It winds up playing, you know, it winds up playing fine, but it's just like should have gone more extreme. Like if you want to make fun of yeah. heteronormativity, whatever, if you want to make fun of that heteronor, yeah, what the fuck? Heteronormativity, I yes, guess? yes, heteronormativity. Yeah. If you want to make fun of that yeah. in the, 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 the uh, Hallmark films, go even farther in your film. Yeah. Go, yeah. go extreme. If you want to be an absurd wicker man finish, go to <laughs> right. the extreme. If you want every. Well, let the let the audience in on what you're trying to do. Yeah. Don't just do it for yourself. Right. Let the audience in on this. Exactly. I, I mean, but I mean, yeah. uh, the more you do it, the more. Because, again, back to that film Bottoms, mm-hmm. that movie is just so in your face with how silly it is. Yeah. You can't help but just go, oh, this is like making a parody of every thing. Well, you wonder if like and, and and maybe I'm getting softer by the minute on this movie, but like you almost wonder it's like, OK, well, if you if you do do that, do now the the industry, you know, especially like the industry publications and, and you know, shitty dumbasses who say stuff on Twitter about the industry all of a sudden label you as queer horror and now all of a sudden, you know, you get less eyes on it or it feels more niche or mm. whatever. So, like, the whole thing is a balancing act. And I guess I can appreciate Fair enough, that. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. If they're do- yeah. Because, I mean, like, again, like I was saying before, this is a like a two in the afternoon film for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess you if I guess you go to the extremes that we want. You you tip the balance the wrong way. So. All right. Yeah. I could appreciate that. I get it. Anyway, here's what we got. We got a movie and it's called uh, 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 It's a Wonderful Knife, which is just a pretty good title. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. And it is a fucking mid mid plus. <laughs> That's what we got here. <laughs> so you know what? I'm not going to say don't watch it. Oh. I had fun watching it. I, I definitely I at no point was I was like, Jesus Christ, I wish I wouldn't have watched right. that unlike 
last, you know, the killing tree, which I genuinely was mad that I spent time for my life on. Uh, this is not that. This is totally serviceable, fun, silliness. So go check it out. It's a uh, it's a Shutter exclusive. It is streaming. If you got a Shutter uh, subscription, you have absolutely no reason why not to you know go check this out. It is it is worth a watch. It's got some enjoyable folks in it. Um, and you know what? Is it going to set the world on fire? Certainly not. But it's uh, it sounds like uh, we're in agreement that it's worth a watch. So it'll be it'll be the like kind of I I don't know anything else that's super big coming out right now for holiday horror. Mm. So I think this no, this will be the like dominant it. holiday horror for this year. It does seem like that. And yeah, I haven't I haven't double checked, but like to see if anything else is coming out. But it was like it felt like Thanksgiving, Eli Ross Thanksgiving, which I already talked about was like that was the big one, mm-hmm. um, even though it wasn't Christmas. And then you didn't. Yeah doesn't seem like this one is the other one people have been talking about so yeah like i know there's other movies coming out that are holiday horror that like but i just yeah. don't think they're getting the same release and the same energy there's behind no, there's them. no violent night and even though that's not horror you know i guess i think that's more probably more like actiony yeah like there is no violent night type of movie coming out this year as far as i can tell yeah uh, i think honestly the big one and again, it's action. It's action, probably close to horror. Is the John Woo movie that's coming out called Silent Night? Oh, I, I'm not even really uh, up to speed with what what's going on with that. It's a. It's you know, it's John Woo's first film in Hollywood in forever, and it's all, yeah. it stars Joel Kinnaman. And apparently, there's no dialogue in the film because, like, the whole setup. Mm. The whole setup is the whole setup is basically Punisher. Like a gang, <laughs> sick gang warfare shoots this guy and his kid. They kill his kid and take away his ability to speak. And then mm-hmm. he fucking trains for a year or a month or whatever, and then goes on a killing rampage oh, yeah. and kills everybody. So this sounds sick as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I'm on board. Yeah. All right. Well, go check that out. That sounds fun. Um, go check out Godzilla. Godzilla minus one. That's what I'm fucking on about. <laughs> That's your that's you're all you're horned up about I'm that. All horned yeah, up man. Godzilla. Hey, I almost wonder, you know what? I, I was actually interestingly enough, coincidentally, just thinking about that uh, uh, this afternoon. I was like, what are we going to get into after the new year? You know, after the holidays over, we don't got a holiday horror. You know, what are we going to do? It's like we haven't really it'd be kind of cool to do just like a whole month of kaiju films. Mm. Mm. That would be kind of fun. Mm. Man, maybe we'll do that. I don't know. Give us a suggestion, guys. If you got anything else going on out there, you think something we should focus on. Maybe you got some movie suggestions for 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 the remainder of December. We got plenty of the month left here to talk about holiday horror. Throw us a line. We always appreciate it over on um, uh, on the social medias. And of course, if you feel so inclined, join us over on the Patreon. Um, so you can jump in here and, and chat us up about any manner of nonsense that you have. So. Anything else, Steve, we should talk about about this uh, this year movie? No, uh, it's OK. And then go go rewatch Christmas, Bloody Christmas or watch it for the first time. That movie fucking Christmas, rolls. Bloody Christmas. Fun, fun as fuck. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And also, you know, Jack Frost and, and all that stuff. And we're going to have much more um, holiday horror coming for you here in the uh, in the coming in the coming weeks. So. 
That being said, boys and ghouls, two and a half hours, it's fine. That's what we all do. <laughs> Ultimately, we come Guys, down on, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I love that. That's pretty much the theme of our podcast. Two and a half hours, it's fine. fine. All right, boys and ghouls, uh, for the Halloween is Forever crew, I'm Brian. And I'm Movie House. All right, we'll see. Well, uh, hold, just hold on a second. We'll see. We'll we'll see you later. But bye, bye, bye. <laughs>